everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 217 for the week of April 7th, 2012. I'm your host, Chris Privet, here with a bunch of RP gamer, um, I don't know, people who are awesome. And they want to talk about RPGs with you today. First off, we got Anna Marie Newfeld. I'm awesome. We also have Alex Fuller. Yay, four day weekend. <laughs> nice for you. We don't get that here. And Emmanuel Marino. There's some holiday or something? Yeah, it's the Easter thing. It's interesting because I presumed in the US it was a holiday, but it's not. It's a civic holiday for Commonwealth countries, though. So. Yeah, the irreligious US has uh, abolished extraneous religious holidays or something. I don't know. Let's talk about RPGs and um, oh, let's not. Let's talk about like what we've done this week. Let's like be like a real podcast that like opens up with life moments, you know. So Anna and I did something cultural this week. You went to Pax East and you're still there. No. No, we went to the Shen Yu performance. It's like a Chinese cultural thing with some politics thrown in. Yeah, man, gamers don't have a culture. Um, uh, yeah, they do. It's like the yogurt they forgot in the back of the fridge, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went to Shen Yun, and it's uh, a Chinese dance and kind of, I don't know. I guess yeah, it's, it's all dance, traditional really, Chinese it? dance with a little bit of folk um, dancing too. A mix of traditional Chinese instruments and a full orchestra, and they basically do dances and reenactments of some old legends and then they also um do some stories and dances based on um um dafa uh, yeah i i guess you would call it cultural or political activism via dance a little bit it was thrown in there and it was a uh, kind of promoting their desire to see chinese citizens have the right to basically freedom to practice religion like or religion-like things, like Falun Dafa, which is not really a religion, but not really not a religion. So I don't know, it's, it's sort of a life one. philosophy. Yeah, kind of like Tai Chi in its original form, where it's about bettering your heart and mind and body and all throughout and all that, instead of just a bunch of exercises. So I don't know. Anyway, they, apparently you're not allowed to practice it in China, and so they were making some statements about how they should be allowed to. And yeah, and there were Buddhas involved and some really cool integrations of multimedia with this dance and stuff. So it's a good show, right? I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone else has seen that before, but uh, that was cool. Any of you guys do anything cultural? I just find it. No, nah, I'm not going to get into it. Never oh. mind. No, uh-huh. I was just interested when people say classical China. It's like saying, latest say classical European dance. China is such a massive landmass, and there's yeah, like right. over 200 different ethnic minority groups with their own individual histories. Though to mm. say traditional they Chinese anything. Did, they actually did touch upon that, where there were a couple dances that were specific to regions of China. So that that was not ignored. Well, delicious, though, I'm sure. Delicious? All right, let's see. And uh, yeah. Ariana eating on the body. Oh, yeah, she is eating. Why is she eating? Anna, you should know better. And where did you find food? Because I'm hungry. It was in my leftover corner. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, interesting week for gaming. Um, this seemed to be the week of let's wrap up some Kickstarters and start some new ones. 
Um, just seems to be the focus of this entire first quarter. So let's just get into it, I guess. Oh, we have lots of feedback. Yeah, let's read that. Okay, so first letter is helping, is trying, or the first two letters are trying to help me with Disgaea. So the first letter is from Azillus. says, I'm in the same position as Chris on the Disgaea 3 Vita release, but I've pretty much decided to hold off on playing through the rest of the PS3 version and just getting the Vita version. Disgaea just feels better to me on the portable system for some reason. It sounds like the bulk of the extra content is the Rasp Barrel story mode, which I assume is similar to Etna mode from the first Disgaea PSP version, an alternate take on the story from a secondary character's perspective. Well, worth it if you enjoy Disgaea's storytelling. Then Kazrico wrote in and said, um, if you want Disgaea story mode, get Disgaea Infinite, which is really a really complex branching visual novel of Disgaea. I do have that. I've gotten through half of that. Um, with Disgaea 1 and Disgaea 2, you should definitely play the portable versions. Disgaea 1 on the PS2 was much slower and laggy and doesn't have an item collection tracker. The PSP version is much faster. Okay. Disgaea 2 on the PS2 was almost as good as Disgaea 1 Portable, but it doesn't have the item collection tracker tracker and doesn't have any dlc and the dlc for disgaea 2 psp let me finish the game much faster about 35 hours which much less grinding Ooh, see this guy knows how to sell this stuff to me all of the dlc characters start at level 100 disgaea 2 for psp had many of the enhancements to combat that they added later in disgaea 3 and like a magic change in both cases, you can just turn off the PSP and keep your state in item world. With the PS2 version, you have to play straight through with no break, which is annoying. I don't think Disgaea 3 had the item collection, but I don't recall for sure. I'm sure Disgaea for 3 for Vita will have it. Again, the ability to pause the item world will be big. Okay, thank you, Kazrico. Uh So there's uh, there's some definitive opinions on the Disgaeas. The question is, is it that they didn't answer is yes it's better but is it uh 40 to 35 dollars better hmm. all right so kesrico also wrote in and said pso on dreamcast was originally free to play only needing you to buy the game the second volume that was released later required a nine dollar for three month subscription fee i balked at this and never switched to volume two i tried playing again later and found the bugs in v1 were so bad and exploitable that it was unplayable i lost all my equipment because someone did a console freeze exploit so i don't know what he's saying oh yeah we we didn't mention that disgaea was free to play originally so or disgaea (laughs) pso was free to play originally so now we know Oh, we had a big discussion on the forums about the future console gaming versus PS4s and no used markets and looking using Steam as a model and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know that what? we want to get into it here. Why not? Because it was long and didn't go anywhere. We have a ton of other news to talk about. Oh, man, we have so much. Okay. I don't know. Let's move on, then. I mean, the whole thing was like... I. I I couldn't even read the whole thing. It was so long. So it was, uh, what are we going to do with PS4 and the, the used games? We need used games. And then people are like, yeah, but Steam works. And I think I see us moving to, if we're going to have somebody do this, like the PS4 is considering doing it, I'd rather it be Steam. And then some people are like, oh, I don't trust Steam. And then some people are like, oh, no, no, you can play. Steam's good and you these sales are good. And publishers seem to make plenty of money from Steam sales. And that's when I was like, well, okay, but if, all gaming audience gets 
train to just wait for Steam sales, then no one's going to make any money because everyone will just wait for the sales. Okay. No, that's not true. Um, one of the things that a couple of the smaller companies, including Robert, have mentioned is that not only do they get a bump during the sale, but they actually get yeah. an equally large bump after the sale at full price. Right, but the, the training will eventually make those other bumps go away. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. I do, and I don't think that that works for big companies. I, mean, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people already trained to wait for the used games or to wait for the price drop on Amazon already. I like the, the every every time I hear someone pimping Steam, like the first thing they say, "Oh man, you should go to Steam because all you got to do is wait for the holiday sales." So I don't know. Ugh. I'm sure that's true, but how many people, regardless of the price, would buy Battlefield the second it comes out, or Mass Effect Three the second it comes out, next Skyrim, Assassin's Creed Three? I don't know. I think it's not the t- that's. I, I see what you're saying, but what about like the mid tier market? I think it's going to kill that market. Like uh, your Shogun Total War. Well, no, I guess that's a top tier title, isn't it? I'm trying to think of good games that are sixty bucks that people kind of sit on for a while. Well, maybe they shouldn't be sixty dollars to begin well, with. Well, I, I agree with that, but I don't know that the budgets they throw at the games allow it. It'll be ones that don't get that much marketing. I think will suffer. So, like Valkyria Chronicles sort of had to rely on word of mouth. But let's be honest, Valkyria Chronicles is never a top tier title. Not in this country. Quality wise. Well, that counts then. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm being dead on it. I mean, yeah. we have. You, I mean, yeah, no, did Sega better. actually think that appealed to the white American audience? Uh, JC No. Oh. In fact, um, I remember the one year they had it. Either like a video only or behind closed doors playable at E3, and then they brought it to PAX. And I think that no. was, I think yeah. that really, to me, said a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be the harshness here, like harsh on everyone's buzz, but it's just, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, uh, Valkyrie Chronicles, I, I think maybe if Sega would have been understood their their niches, they would have. Like even like stuff with like Yakuza Three and how that was handled. If the, you know lower price point, understand who your niche audience is, and probably digital distribution will allow you would probably be even better to serve that audience because the people who want it can seek it out, and there's going to be a long tail on it. You don't have to worry about publishing or republishing it. Hmm. I mean, that is the good, that is the important thing about digital distribution, right? The long tail of the internet, whatever you want, just keeps going and going. Well, I don't know um, because. Uh, if if we did that, because companies need money by certain quarter cutoffs for for the way the public sector works, and if you if the long tail is great, but only after you have a large library and are still having new releases out that sustain you and your quarterly profit statements. I don't know. I mean, uh, sort of like are we talking about like smaller people? Because like running games, they're they're. Uh, I remember what's his name. Uh, Travis Baldry talking about how they're still making enough money off of Torchlight One to keep the light uh, to keep them fed and clothed and the lights on and keep production going of Torchlight Two, even though it's it's been essentially like delayed for half a year. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm not talking about the smaller guys. I think the smaller guys have it easier. They they have options of just releasing on Steam only and it not being an issue, or only being on iOS and it not being an issue. Then, like, who or who who are we? I, I'm trying to figure out how to sustain like an EA or an Activision. 
Oh, they, they don't need any. They don't need any help. They don't need any help. Right. Are you joking? They don't need any help. Well, what about THQ? EA has a, t- evolution, survival of the fittest. They make great games. They just they were poorly mismanaged, and the, the company is suffering as a result. Hmm. I mean, just look at sad. how that MMO was handled. Well, it's not an MMO anymore, but. Which MMO? The uh, that was the Warhammer 40k one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I don't... but like EA's doing great. Activision has Blizzard, and they're probably just gonna expand on what Blizzard's doing digitally. If they really wanted to have their own store, they could have one tomorrow with Blizzard. I, I, but when we take consoles out of the, if we take consoles out of the picture, EA and Activision are still gonna do great though. Are we just taking console in the picture completely, though? Yeah, I thought that's what this whole discussion was about. It was like, you know, people moving off of off of P- consoles and, and just going straight to, like, Steam and stuff like that. I don't know. But I think that's, for like, the luxury of people who sit around listening to gaming podcasts. Okay. And make... You know, you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like my friends from college or the the guys I knew back in high school, they're not going to be... Saying, hey guys, come back to my house. I'm going to load up Steam and we're going to play some Madden. Okay, so it's more discussion of taking used games out of the business. And, well, I guess that doesn't hurt them necessarily. I don't know. What, what is it saying? What am I, I don't even know what we're saying. I think we're saying that people like JCS yeah. from the forums or, or Master Chief or like a bunch of people are at the point already where, you know what? If I... If you're going to limit me the way a PC does, why don't I just go to a PC where I get better deals and a company I trust more? Okay. I think that's all. I think that was like the crux. But then it it got a little more difficult when people say like, well, I'd I'd rather trust Sony than I would trust Valve. I mean, interesting. (laughs) So you think it just got into this weird sort of argument about about where do you – the companies that you would – spend your money with and trust to log up all of your content. Who would you who would you rather do that with? Valve or Sony or Microsoft? Uh Amazon actually. Cuz they're actually about providing goods to a consumer and keeping access to those goods to the consumer. So I don't know. I don't trust I don't trust Sony because I don't know that they'll have backwards compatibility for those older digital titles on their next console. That's my problem with that. You know that's the thing. I, it's hard to trust any company because like um say on the iOS App Store and the Mac App Store, it's easy to buy from Apple because the thing because if Apple's authentication servers go down, you have a bigger problem as a Mac user. Right. Than just your games in general. Mhm. It means there's something seriously wrong with the company that you buy uh things from but at the same time apple's not is is one of their strengths and also is that they're not afraid to leave behind an entire operating system like rosetta support or power pc support like where windows would would continue would would uh sort of bake that in for like the next 20 years because that they need to support that stuff apple would be like you know what no more power pc support let's move on that's not that's our past let's move on to our future if if it's that old of a of a platform being left behind are is the only thing we're losing by moving to digital just uh retro gaming maybe and if so is that so bad 
That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you could even trust, like, in that situation, can you, if, if you really care about retro gaming, can you even trust that company? No, I don't think you can. So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, I mean, about where you spend your money. I mean, at, at this point, because you don't own anything anymore, right? You just own a license to play it. So yeah, who do you trust with your licenses? And if you have to, everything has to be locked up. Would you prefer um, a system where your activations and your licenses are tied to a box, or tied to an account on your PC, on your Mac, on your console of choice? Hmm. I think that's what every, that was like the long, like twenty-page, like multi-paragraph post was all about. I mean, posts were all about. Yeah. Ew. This discussion sucks. There's it's, there's no good answer here. Did you see uh did you see uh, I don't know if you watch Mega 64 but they just posted No, I a, don't. Um oh, They just posted a new video this week about E3 rumors and they were flashing back be- be- from 1999 to 2012. Oh. And like so they're like reading a magazine like, "Oh, did you hear controls are going to be wireless oh, the future oh my god or like they flash back to 2012 did you hear more motion controls uh <laughs> back, flashback. like did you hear everything's going to be backwards compatible man that's crazy the next one did you hear nothing's going to be backwards compatible <laughs> so like this juxtaposition between 1999 and how genuinely excited our people forget were for like the, the innovations in gaming and the 2012 was just everyone's Angry, like I hope none of this comes true. <laughs> it's true, though. Which is basically what our whole conversation was about. I mean, we got to the point where, like, some people are just willing to bow out of the con. Like, lifelong console gamers are at the point where, like, you know, maybe I don't need to be a console gamer anymore. Which is pretty funny. Like, I have more rights on a PC. Maybe I shouldn't be a console gamer anymore. Hmm. But that's. I think that's what everyone. Well, got and to. that's that's. I guess where PC fits into this whole thing, being an open platform, it's a lot harder to get sh- locked out of your stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And you have multiple options, right? Yeah. Like just this just this weekend, GOG, I mean, uh, had a big get, uh, what's it called? Fallout free for free. DRM free. Yeah. Go, go to GOG.com and pick that up, by the way, if you're listening on Saturday or yeah. Sunday. Come check out our store and... You know, just so you know, you have options and alternatives. We sell games here too, DRM free. Install it as many times as you want. It's wait, wait, our store, whose store? The Gog store. We don't have a store. We're not Gog. Oh, you're saying no. that like? Oh, that sounded weird the way you said it. No, I was just putting myself in their in their shoes for oh, a second. Right. All right, that was I a thought long. We were, I thought we were taking sponsorship from them, and I just didn't hear. Oh, I, I was user, excited. User, code RP Gamer. Yeah. To get it. <laughs> it's like I want. I want it. I want it to be our store. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be it's awesome. From and use coupon code RPGamer. They they couldn't figure out their web server stuff. We're now hosting their store for them. It's awesome. We're also managing their. Uh, we're also managing their forums. Yes. Host, tell us what you think of the podcast. You got a gist of why? That would be so awesome. If people just posted there, and nobody on their forums understood why. <laughs> we're talking about RPG Cast. What are you guys this talking episode. about? <laughs> I'd love it. Oh. So, yeah. I know, I know. It's long and, and it's full of minutia, but that was the big conversation of the week, right? Yeah. It, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I don't know if I'll be happy or sad if I find out PS4 is, like, digital only. Because I really don't it, like having to make room for games anymore. 
Who knows? Well, we'll find out in just 60 short days. <laughs> Yay. All right. Next letter from someone who needs some persona assistance. So Anna may need to talk. All right. Hey there, guys and gals. I've heard a lot about the Shin Megami Tensei Persona series of games. I've seen a few screenshots and have read a bit about it. Being a fan of JRPGs and their general quirkiness, I think I would enjoy these games. My boyfriend got me a PS Vita recently, and I saw the first three Persona games available for download via the PlayStation Store. With Persona 4 The Golden coming out on the Vita at some point, do I need to play the previous games? Is there a reason Persona 2 is $10 more than both 1 and 3 on the PlayStation Store? I suppose I want to experience Persona and don't know if one of these games is a must-play over the others. Any insight is appreciated. So here's basically how the Persona series works. One and both parts of two basically make a trilogy together. Three and four make a set together. Because that is the... the I, I say it that way because they have the most similarities in gameplay style. If you're interested in the Persona series because of recent stuff, then absolutely get three before you play four. You don't need to by any stretch of the imagination, but that would be my recommendation, mostly because I really enjoyed Persona 3 myself. Um, Persona 2 is $10 more expensive because it's newer. Yeah, it's the newest one that was released. It's the newest one that came out. There's no reason other than that. So if you wait a little bit, it will drop eventually. Um, The thing is, is if you want to basically experience the series, quote-unquote, the way that it came out, you are basically waiting for... uh, You could play Persona 1 and the first Persona 2 now and then wait for the second half of Persona 2 to come out and then play 3 and then play 4. But you don't need to do that. Um, For me, Persona 1 is a game you play if you're already a Persona fan. That sounds very backwards, I realize. No, it's um, true. It's a much older game. The systems are a little bit... It's a a harder game. The systems aren't as well refined. It's a little clunkier. Um, The story was never... The first story was never my favorite. Um, So I would say... Um, Persona 3 and then Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2. Wait, Digital Devil Saga? Yep. Because it's out on the PSN now as well. Well, she's, uh, it, this person's looking specifically at Persona, though. Yeah, but I'm making a recommendation. And that's okay. my recommendation. Oh, oh, let me give my recommendation. I would yeah, say if ahead. you're only going to do one, if you're only going to do one, do Persona 4. Because it, it, it expands upon the systems and, uh, and uh, sort of the stories of Persona 3. So it's like a better version of Persona 3. Yeah, but, but most not... of that stuff is in portable. Most of those expansions. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the battle, the battle system stuff is impossible. I, 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 I would basically say if you just want to play now, jump right into P3. Um, if you're waiting for something, if you want something that looks like a little bit better on your Vita because, you know, it's designed for it, then you'll be thrilled waiting for Persona 4 because it's also a great game. So Wait, wait. That's right. Persona 4 isn't on Vita yet, is it? Right. That's right. That's why. All right, then. Yeah, just go with three. If you, go, if you, I think that's yeah, a good place for a beginner. And yeah, then from I mean, there yeah. you go. I want to know more about this series, and you start playing the other games. And the right? fun part is, you could play them backwards, and you'd still be happy, probably. You know, Persona Four, Persona Three, Persona, and then maybe do one and then two. But yeah. Wait, yeah, Anna, can you play Digital Devil Saga One and Two on the Vita? Um, I think so. I don't know enough about the PlayStation I Store. Seen the, I don't. I have not seen those on the store. 
Because oh. it sounds like she only has a Vita. Right? You can yet. Okay. I don't think they're even released for download. I thought no, they I were on the PlayStation think, Store. Yeah, they're on PS3. I don't think you can get them on the Vita. Okay. Oh, PS2 okay. That would be only a handful of games. If you can download them on your PS3, um, it will usually transfer over to your Vita. Only a handful of games won't. Are these? Yeah, I'm not. You... I'm not sure the PS2 ones do. Wait, wait. What about Digital Devil Saga? Are those PS2 That's... games? Yeah, they're yeah. PS2 games. Oh, then no way. Yeah, you can't play that. Oh, on Vita. okay. Yeah, there's no PS2 emulator on there. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe someday. Okay. There's been rumors of it, but uh, yeah, you, no. My bad. You can download those on PS3, though? Uh, yeah. In Europe. In Europe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they have that here in the U.S. Okay. Because people have been wondering about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next note from Jason Ariola. I got into a bit of a heated discussion about Xenoblade and how much it would have cost Nintendo of America to bring it over. I thought it best to ask the RPG cast crew their thoughts on it. Wouldn't it be more of a financial risk for XC to handle both the publishing and localization of the last story than Nintendo of America essentially just doing whatever needs to be done to region encode and then print and publish it? Didn't Nintendo of Europe already handle most of the legwork for NOA to publish Xenoblade, whereas Xseed seems to have to do the work of both Nintendo of Europe and Nintendo of America? Am I missing something? Yes. Yeah, um, and that is that Xseed <laughs> is basically using the Nintendo of Europe translation. So they don't have to do much work either. <laughs> yeah, they've confirmed that. <laughs> yeah. So it's about the same amount of risk. But, you know, anytime you publish a game, there's risk, right? You're funding money for the physical product to be printed, and there's a chance it won't sell. And Nintendo of America had to decide if they wanted to do it. I think it took them a while to decide, because Xseed has been working on this for over a year before prior to that announcement. So I think I think they've been discussing it for over a year. I'm not sure they actually started any work on that. Well, yeah, I, I meant like working um, on the, po- the politics will, is the hard work. <laughs> I, I would like to say that there are game companies that work on games before they're actually licensed to put them out. Yeah, well, yeah probably you, not you, well, But again, like, here, I don't um, know how much they, and have, I know that yeah, X they don't has, have to do much on this one, though. No, right? but I know that XE has done in the past. A yeah. lot of small companies that we work with. Well, I don't, for, I don't know what they'd be working on specifically, is what I'm saying, since they're using yeah. Nintendo of Europe's translation and all that. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Oh, hi, Kat. Uh, all right. So let's see. From Ocelot. Hey there, guys and gals. Oh, oh wait, wait. Sorry. Thing. I this is what I told you, Chris. You copied in the wrong letter. Yeah. Okay. I'll get it. Thank I'm you. About Xenoblade, I mean. Uh, is that a that's a, a Nintendo developed game, right? Um, no. Xenoblade? No. Mon- Monolith Soft. So, yeah, but Monolith Soft is owned by Nintendo, right? Yes. So we'll never see that on another console? Right. Okay. I'm just wondering because I've been watching some stuff about it and it looks very interesting. That's a really good point. Maybe that's why the, the last blade, the last blade, the last story had more options for a third-party publisher. Hmm. Okay, just wondering. Okay, so it sounds like I'm either going to have to get it on the on the Wii or maybe Wii U at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I'm still shocked that uh, Nintendo and you should exceed publish it. I don't know. About a should. I always get sketchy with shoulds. <laughs> what, Xenoblade? Xenoblade's a should. No, just shoulds in general. Okay. You should play it. 
I could change it to must if you want. <laughs> must. You will compel me to do no such thing. I will play of my own volition. Thank you very much. I, I thought volition was closed. Is volition still around? They still doing stuff? Too soon. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> Dear Prism Rangers, says Ocelot in an email with the subject of dude. Each week you combine your strength and fight for justice. Red, blue, indigo, and other colors shine together to dispel evil. How amazing! And this week is no exception. Let your might hey. be prism. Hey, 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 hey. What? Can I be indigo? Why'd you interrupt my intro? Because I have was to do that important. whole thing over again. Color. Prism Ranger intros do not get interrupted. You can be indigo. And this week is no exception. Let your might be prism bright. In honor of Disgaea 3 being almost here, have any of you ever gotten a character over level 1,000 in a Disgaea game? 500,000. What does that? 5 million. <laughs> uh, the answer is no. <laughs> I assume. I sure haven't. Any of you? I don't no. think I've even got up to 100. So, no. I got to 100 with someone. I got to 100, yeah. Yeah. But no. Not over 1,000. No. Oh. I broke the camera. Yeah. Go, camera. My, my cat broke the camera. All right. So let's see. So when is a new Monster Hunter game coming to the Vita? 2020? Or 2020? Um, isn't there one coming out this year? Uh... Okay. My prediction is if there isn't one coming out this year, there will be one announced at TGS. Hmm. Monster Hunter for Vita? No, nothing. Yeah, we. I, I don't know. I would say, I'm going to say next year. It'll be next year, and then it will happen. Yeah, I'll go with next year. Yes. And, and that exclusivity on the 3DS will not last for Monster Hunter 4. Number three, we love real news, but fake news is way better. What was your favorite game-related April Fool story? P.S. Make sure to share links in the show notes. <laughs> Well, go, Chris. Tell us your favorite um, one. I don't Google, remember right? a game-related one. Google, Google Maps. That's not a, Oh, it is, wasn't it? Yep. That was definitely my favorite. I can't link that. Blizzard? They took it down. <laughs> yeah, Blizzard was a little underwhelming this year. Yeah, I thought I mean, so. They were all funny, but I forgot about them five minutes later. Yeah. Um, really? I, I already ordered my Zerga, I already ordered my Zerga Gachi. Oh. I wish um, I could. I love how they made a store page for it. Yeah. Oh, it's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did some fun ones for clients this year, but I don't know how shilly they are. Mm-hmm. I put up uh, a sale for Natsume ending April thirty first. I like how that was your April Fool's joke. Just it's more of a troll than a joke. <laughs> well, the problem is, is that I mean, I was thinking about all the jokes that we could do for Natsume, and it's really hard because it's like. We could announce a game for localization and say just kidding the next day, but that just makes us jerks. Yeah. You know, there's like two new, there's a new Harvest Moon game out in Japan. There's a new Rune Factory game coming out like in two months in Japan. Um, we could tell people that like what, we're no longer going to do plushies. The next plushie is going to be, I don't know, corn. I think I you mean, announce you, a really, t- really ugly plushie. Wait, you guys are having like a tie-in with the band Corn. That would be pretty funny. Oh that would be a great April Fool's joke. Uh, no, no like a piece of corn. <laughs> oh, which would that's be slightly awesome. less funny. No, because Natsume is too family friendly to do anything with corn. Uh, and corn is not. Excuse- 
offended. Yes, you be that way. And uh, Elfsters. You freak on a leash? Elf was... <laughs> Elfsters elf was kidnapped. But it turned out it was just a prank by Elvis so that he could have a day of golfing. Elvis being the elf. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... Yeah. Yeah. I... I I kind of want people to tell me their favorite ones, so put them in the forum thread because I missed them. I missed any good ones. I want to see some good ones. I was disappointed, and it was also on a Bio- Sunday. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Bioware likes our Dragon Age three one. What? I didn't hear. Bioware. What? Bioware. Bioware retweeted and Facebooked our Dragon Age three Kickstarter. Oh, we had a good one then. Yeah, we had a couple of really good ones, and in fact, um, two of our stories from this year showed up on NeoGaf. Really? As legit news. Yes. So that's always yeah. wait. Neil Gaff failed. Yep. Neil Gaff got caught twice. Which one? Week. I'm curious. Which two? Um, something. Whatever was going to 3D. Oh, uh, here's a villain. Uh, um, no, no, no. Oh, no. That was Gugner. Yeah, it was Gugner. Gugner 3D. Gugner yeah, 3D. And then I don't remember what the other one was. Uh, the sh- well, not the not the shiftless staff members in name only with continuing access to update tools likely to remind former co-workers of existence for kicks on meaningless holidays. Or uh, go to E3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was Andrew, wasn't it? <laughs> I can't believe Castamel did that. Um, Dragon Age 3 and... That looks like we've taken down all of our... Yeah. Our April Fool's ones from the archive, other than the shiftless staff. <laughs> um, Dragon Age 3 Kickstarter was one with fan-written endings. That's the one Bioware liked. And Capcom pre-cancels unannounced Dragon Dogma sequel. <laughs> so they pre-canceled Dragon's Dogma 2 was the idea, which I thought was an awesome idea. Why not? Uh, let's see. All right, so that there we go, Ocelot. Um, sorry, but it's ours. <laughs> Wait, um, I, I the Blizzard ones. What was the WoW one? Anna, you remember? Wait, wait, I like the game. No, actually, the Blizzard ones I liked because you can actually <laughs> play with kids. them. There was one that you could play. Yeah, no, the, the Zerg typing. Zerg. You could do Zerg typing, and oh, you could Zerg typing, and you could play the mobile game um, Supply Depot. Supply Depot. I love Supply Depot. Supply Depot's so a good game. <laughs> you know what's funny? They're gonna actually do that. You know they will. No, they're not. Oh, so they Supply t- Depot is you control a Supply Depot that has to lower itself to allow your team members past it and raise itself to block um, opposing members. And the first stage is just pressing the button once, and you lower, and you win. Oh, and if you don't press it, he waits at the supply depot for you to lower it. <laughs> this is a very difficult game. Uh, where in Sanctuary is Deckard Kane? So they had a bunch oh, of. I would Blizzard. totally play that. I would totally play that too. <laughs> I used to play the crap out of Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. <laughs> so they had a bunch of uh, traditional kids' educational titles that they. Uh, made into kind of blizzard puns and stuff so that was their one i don't know um oh the westfall trail yep i would play a westfall that'd be pretty funny your dwarf died of dysentery (laughs) who amongst you is excited for legend of grimrock and it's deep dark dungeony depths of death I don't even know what this game is. Uh, I actually forgot too, so I have to look at it. It's Legend a of Grimrock. First person dungeon crawler, I think. Grimrock.net. We had a story about it like yeah. last week. Uh oh. I don't know. Google Instance has frozen on me. 
Legend of Grimrock. All right, so it's, what, $15? Yeah, it's old-school dungeon-crawling game inspired by Dungeon Master, Eye of the Beholder, and Ultima Underworld. I don't even know. and I don't know two of those games. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know. I don't know any of those games. Yeah, so not me. I am not excited for it, is what I will say. Any of you? I still don't know what this is. Explore a vast dungeon with hidden switches, pressure plates, sliding walls, trapdoors, and more. Discover secrets, cast spells with Honestly, runes and craft potions. Honestly, I got three dungeon crawlers on my plate already. Yeah. I don't need another one. Oh, Torchlight. So, so you're more excited Diablo for Classic three. Heroes 2? And Infinity Blade Dungeons. Okay. Well, this is a first-person dungeon crawler. Oh, th- those make me nauseous. Yeah. Unless it's uh, Skyrim or something. Yeah, I don't know about this one. It looks like Unreal Engine or something. Um, whatever. Eh. Eh. It'll be on Steam, GOG.com, and directly on Grimrock.net. Oh, it's 20% off, so it's only $12 right now if you buy it. So at least it's cheap. I guess I could buy, I could buy it just because it's cheap and see if I like it. You realize that when the subject first came up, I said, it's a first-person dungeon crawler, and nobody listened to me. No, we did. We just kind of hoped it was more interesting than that. So we looked anyway, and it's not. So, yeah, it's yet another first-person dungeon crawler, which apparently is having a resurgence, except all the games that are part of the resurgence aren't any good. So figure that out. Have there been... So in the past three years, we've had all these first-person dungeon crawlers come back. You know, I I know uh, Etrian Odyssey has its fans, but has anything else been well-received by anybody? Strange Journey. I can't remember any of them. (laughs) Can anyone remember any of them? <laughs> oh, what the strange heck is, journey? Strange. I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, the the Mega Ten three, uh, the Mega Ten three sequel on DS. Oh right, the one that had all the weird old style classical music stuff or something. Not classical, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the one where they had like in Antarctica and they had the demon suits. Yeah. Yeah. You liked that, right? I never actually played it. Oh, okay. Nobody on staff who played it liked it, I don't think. Everyone was talking yeah, about yeah. it. Was Glenn, like, liked it. Glenn liked no, it. No, but... he didn't. I think he gave it a three. It's not well, a bad that doesn't score, mean though. he hates it. Yeah, but it was too weird for him to give a good review, as I think was basically the way it worked. Uh, let's see. Our reviews by Glenn is a three and a half out of five. So don't stop believing ho is the title of his review, whatever that means. But he also liked Class of Heroes 1, so keep that in mind. So he liked that more than this game. So I don't know what that means. All right. So blah. Unchained Blades. Oh, is that another one of these? It is, isn't it? I'm so tired of these. And that's one from Xseed. And then Class of Heroes 2 is supposed to be better than the first one. Great. I'm tired of all these dungeon crawlers already, and I haven't played any of them. All right. (laughs) 
All right, all right, all right, let's move on. Um, someone tell me what the best dungeon crawler that's come out is. I know it's not the PSN Wizardry. So tell Shining me what it is. Shining the Holy Ark? No, not ever. I meant recently. Oh, Shining in the Darkness? <laughs> what? <laughs> recently. Picky, picky. When did Shining in the Darkness come out? 1991. <laughs> You're giving me games from 1991. Well, you see, the problem is, is I hate first-person dungeon crawlers. Oh, good. Shining in the Holy Ark came out here in 97. Yeah. Much better. Mm-hmm. That's the one it you were playing, It was the Saturn one. It? Yes, yeah. it was. It looks I mean, old. I basically like them because they're Shining Force games. Well, they're Shining games in general, uh, I should say. You just like the art style? Yeah. I just, I don't know. If I'm going to play a crappy first-person dungeon crawler, because I think all first-person dungeon crawlers suck, I might as well do it in a universe that I enjoy as opposed to one that I don't. <laughs> I like that. You know, I would love to have, like, kind of an easier first-person dungeon crawler where it's about collecting stuff and interesting stuff happening um, and stuff. Like the Pokemon games? No, that's a roguelike. That's not a dungeon crawler. My bad. There's a difference. Wait, a dungeon crawler like Dante's Inferno? No. I meant first person. Oh, number five. Are any of you close enough and interested enough to make the trip to C2E2, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo on April 15th? Yours truly will be there, says You're going to be there, Chris? No, Ocelot will be there. Um, no. Well, yes, I'm close enough. I'm just not interested enough. So, If I was still here, I'd come see Ocelot. I'd drag Chris. On April 15th? But I'm not here. It's two Sundays from... No, that's next Sunday. Yeah, yeah it's a little far and short notice for me. <laughs> I I don't know. I've never heard of this convention before, so it sounds like a wannabe Comic-Con to me. So No, there's a bunch of smaller Comic-Cons all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're just... It, a lot of it is uh, a few panels, uh, areas where you can get stuff signed by people... Some light cosplay and um, some vending and some uh, merchandise booths. I gotta say, where the heck was Ocelot uh, two weeks ago at MGC? Hmm. Hmm. If he can get to Chicago, he can drive a little bit more and get to Milwaukee. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Um, all right. Pax East 2012. Woo! Pax East 2012. Pax East is going on. We've got some people there. Stay tuned to the site for news out of that. And I haven't really heard any big news out of it other than PopCap is releasing some new solitaire game or something um star wars the old republic patch 1.2 confirmed for next week oh that was announced at pax yeah i don't really think that was not okay it was, it really was inadvertent like an announce what it was inadvertent it was just during a panel he's like yeah that patch it's coming next week uh, shifty eyes shifty eyes well, that doesn't sound inadvertent either. <laughs> so, blah, whatever. Uh, so, PAX is PAX. There's a lot of panels. I've been, I have I've un, I forgot to unsubscribe from the PAX Lines account. So, I'm getting notifications about when all the panel sessions, their lines are uh, full. So, that's, uh, that's real great for my Twitter. Well, that's good. You can tell us what the hottest panels are. Um, you know, all the ones for big publishers? Yeah, all of them. Um, yeah, I'm looking at, at, at pics that Cliff Bozinski's posted. His panel is full up. Game trailers bonus round live was canceled. I found out about that. 
But there's plenty of room in the Nerdcore panel. What a shock. The epic line is epic. We'll be seating... Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. That would be Cliffy B, wouldn't it? Yep. I'm still calling him Cliffy B, caps. by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to call him Cliff Blazinski. Yeah. So Cliff Blazinski of Epic. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess we should get into the news, shouldn't we? It's that time of the show where news is what we talk about. So let's kick it off with our first story. Skyborn. Yes, that's right. Another indie RPG being reported on for you at the only place in the internet that cares, RP Gamer. Skyborn is a uh, RPG maker uh, game. It's out probably now. These are always out like before I get to the story. Yeah, fourteen ninety five is the price. There's a free trial. You can get it over at DancingDragonGames.com. And uh, it looks like it may have been out for a little while already. But we've got coverage going now for some reason. So there you go. And you can check out Skyborn, which is about um, a mechanic with an airship and becomes embroiled. You know, you know how steampunk RPGs work. Oh, I'm just a mechanic, and now i got to save the world. So go play through that. See if you're interested in it. I say try out the demo because the problem with these for me is usually the uh, the quality of the writing. So go try the demo. See if it's good, if you like it. I have not had a chance to look at it yet. And I assume we may have a, a review soon. I don't know for sure, but hopefully. Sam's no idea on that. <laughs> Sam's usually good about that. So, uh, The trailer looked okay. Uh, it's one of those situations where the everyone loves to do super high-resolution 2D art uh, on these PC RPGs. The problem is that their character sprites and models don't really uh, mesh up with the uh, quality of the of the environment art. So it kind of detracts from the, the realness of the world. So that's the only thing I noticed from the trailer is like you kind of, some of your art's actually too good <laughs> versus some of the other stuff going on. So I don't know what's up with that. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a problem for me. You ever notice that your art doesn't mesh? No. Okay. No, that's usually a minor concern compared to all the rest of the stuff I have to deal with. <laughs> okay. <from> those games. <laughs> what, what are we only give really you the bad games? <laughs> so what uh-huh. Manny? I only see it maybe in iOS games now. Yeah, it's all indie it, stuff is what I've noticed it in. Like, uh, I don't know what it is. Consoles and stuff seem to take care of that. Even something like Chaos Rings 2 where you'll have these characters, these elaborate, you know, these really highly detailed character portraits. And they're supposed to be talking. But then you look at the model and their mouths aren't even moving. Hmm. See, I guess I don't mind it for, for overlay portraits that you see during a dialogue window. I'm, I'm talking more like while you're running around in the world and the, the sprite art doesn't mesh up isn't as good a quality as the as the uh, background that you're running around on sort of thing if that makes sense that's the way i do it in indie man yeah all right (laughs) pokemon conquest is coming out in the u.s i was excited about this we are getting that pokemon nobunaga's ambition mashup it's coming out on june 18th so that's pretty cool i can't wait to see if this is good or not so Pokemon strategy RPG game, uh, strategy game, um, hopefully sweet, but who knows? We do have an impression for it. We do. Yes. Oh, where'd someone Michael. find a copy of it? Japan, because uh, that's where yeah. Gaijin is. Uh, Japan I didn't, guy. <laughs> I didn't know it was out there yet. Yeah, it's been out for a couple yeah. weeks. Hmm. What's he say? It's, it's awesome. There's you should lots play. Lots of words. It. If you like the Pokemon series, buy it. If you like Koei's Nobunaga series, buy it. If you like... T- 
Apparently he likes both of those. If you like tactical combat, buy it. If you like two or more of the above, you'll be in heaven. So he's very happy with it. Okay. All right, go. This is for the regular DS, right? Yeah. So everyone should be able to play this. Sweet. That's going to be fun. Three days after my birthday, I get a Pokemon strategy RPG. Next, next year, I'm calling it. We need our Pokemon MMO. All right, Nintendo, get on that. So, anyone still playing Kingdoms of Amalur? Your silence is overwhelming. So, for those of you who have lost interest in the game, there is a second DLC pack coming out on April 17th called Teeth of Naros. And they'll have a new race that you encounter, more quests, five more dungeons, and new twists of fates, new equipment, all that stuff. It'll be $9.99 on PSN, Origin, and Steam, and 800 Microsoft points. Look forward to that if you are continuing Kingdoms of Amalur player. Uh, let's see. Did we talk, speaking of the other game that always makes me think about, Skyrim. Uh, did we talk about Skyrim Patch 1.5 and what it added to the game? Nope. Kill cams, right? That was the big thing? For ranged attacks and magic, right? So I don't know what that means, but I guess it means dramatic camera angles when you kill someone. You know when you finish someone off with a sword? Yeah. And it zooms in and it yeah. stops? Yeah. Now that for arrows and magic. Oh, cool. That's fun. I need to get back into Skyrim. Oh, but I also need to play Xenosaga or Xenoblade. Xeno, what is it? Xeno, whatever the new Xeno is. And I need to finish. I need to finish 13-2. Oh, too many games. Heroes of Ruin, another game coming out this June. June 26. Heroes of Ruin coming out in North America. And it will, uh, oh, that's, uh, that was the, that's the news. It has a date. Okay. It's also a 3DS dungeon crawl. Yep, it's Diablo on your 3DSs. Yay. More Diablo games. This is a year of Diablo. We, I don't we, think... we played it at E3 last year. It was actually not yeah. bad. I don't, except I don't think any of the levels are randomized, so it might get stale. Yeah, it is, it is very um, straightforward, and they did warn us about that. So, I mean, the problem was last year when we were um, playing it is that it was so really buggy. So it was like, it's intended to be a multiplayer game, and they were showing it off as a multiplayer game. And every, you know, few minutes, we would disconnect from each other. So it was like, mm, or we would desync, I should say. So it was like, this could be cool, but we really need to see it when the connectivity is functioning. So if it's coming out in June, I don't know if we'll see it at E3 again or not. Hard to say. Yep. Uh, oh, that's a good question that we got in the chat room. Does the Pokemon game have online battles? No. No? Not to my knowledge. That would be weird for a Pokemon game not to have online battles. It's not your typical Pokemon game. Yeah, apparently. Um, I'm going to say we don't know. And I want to know. Michael, tell us. Wait. I'm going to search. Hold on. I'm going to do this live on the show. I'm bringing up the impression online. Fact-checking kills podcasts. It doesn't say anything about online. How about multi? He doesn't even mention multiplayer. It may not have any sort of multiplayer. So our impression does not cover it, and I deeply apologize for the oversight. So we need to, we need to figure that out. All right. Uh, Pets of Torchlight 2. That was big news at PAX. 
I am well. Big yeah, news. not only did they release <laughs> all the regular pets, but they actually unreleased the final pet, um, Falcor, who is like the not the guy. You mean the guy from uh, Neverending Story, right? No, you're a jerk. We had this conversation last night. But when you say Falcor, I'm going to be riding around a big white fluffy okay. dragon. No, Falcor is. Uh, no? There's a girl who works there named Wonder. Yeah. And she has a little papillon, and he's very cute. And his name is Falcor. And he's very popular amongst the community because he's always in the pictures and stuff. Wait, so you're telling me that someone who works with the company basically found a way to work her dog into the game? Yeah. But everybody loves Falcor. You go to the office, you pet Falcor. But it's one of those you, little sneeze on, sneeze on it and you'll kill it type dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you sit down at meetings and Falcor sits no. in the lap of whoever is running the meeting. No, that's Falcor. I just linked the video. That's Falcor. Oh, that's Falco. I, or he's Falco, a little black and white Falcor. papillon. And he's got very floppy ears. No. He's very cute. No, that's not Fox, Falcor. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you said Falcor, not Falcor. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, what were the other pets? We got uh, dog, cat, ferret, and the chocoweri. I don't even know what that was. It oh. is a lizard dinosaur thing that was in the first game, and everybody was like, this is cool. It should be a pet. Think lizard mixed with a chocoweri. What version did they add that into? Because it wasn't in what the version? PC version. No, it was on the pet. XBLA. Enemy. Oh. oh, right. You see, are you looking at the pictures, Chris? No. Or are you just reading our, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, our, our new story. They didn't yeah, put our the new story is not very good. Yeah. It has no pictures. It doesn't have the. I, I think this is a case where you definitely need to link to the direct story. Well, we should. We need to fix our news back end so we can add. Well, not only that one, it, it should even be like. We shouldn't even be reporting what they said. It's just like, hey, go read what. Because there's a lot of flavor text, there's animation videos for each one. Yeah, there's gonna... an animation, like uh, an animation reel at the bottom. This is the kind of thing where you. You don't want it secondhand. You kind of want it straight from the source. Yep, yep, yep. And if John was here, we could harass him about that. All right, so it's on their site, though, right? If they go to... Yeah, the... I just posted a link to you in the chat, if you want to see. Uh, you in the chat and oh, in the, the Skype. Skype. Okay, torchlight2game.com. I just want to tell people where they can go if they're listening. Oh, yeah, torchlight2game.com. It's on the news page, Pets of Torchlight 2. Yes. So if you were big into Torchlight 2, um, yeah. Yeah, let's see, there's a ferret, there's Chakwari, there's the... I'm sure everyone has a favorite at this point. Actually, their second story. Now they've got the change bar. Oh, the charge bar. Oh. Yeah, so it is the second story. This all time. right, so there we go. Yeah, look at all those patses. And they don't have Falcor on there, because Falcor was a special announcement for PAX, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So um, you're also getting, in addition to the stuff we listed earlier, a panther and a hawk. Panther looks Which makes Hawkins very, very happy. Yes. What about a bulldog? You seen the bulldog, yo? Oh, look at the bulldog. Hey, the the original dog looks better than he did in the first game. He now looks like a real wolf. That's nice. Ferret. Freaking ferret. ferret look at the click on the ferret. He has little goggles. <laughs> Why does a ferret have goggles? Why does he not have goggles? That's <laughs> a question you would ask. Wow. All right. Torchlight Tool looks fun. Well, Funaban says in our chat room he wants a cool pet. So none of these are cool? Is that what you're saying? Come on. Oh, if you want impressions, bug wheels on on on, on uh, Twitter to go play the game and write an impression of it. Has he not Pat. done that? Oh, my gosh. He's got to. That's right. Everyone bug him. Oh, and have him play. A, isn't Grim Dawn over there, too? 
Uh, what? No, there's another game. Diablo 3 is over there. Uh, what are the big RPGs over there at PAX East this year? Apparently, they're getting a picture of uh, Bashiok playing Torchlight 2. Oh, nice. So the world will explode? Yes. Yes. Bashiok, for people who don't know, is a Blizzard employee. Um, he's he's the, a community like, manager. Blizzard community manager, yeah. yeah. Also at PAX is uh, Penny Arcade Adventures 3. Oh, I heard Joystick had the exclusive on that store. Yeah, apparently it was... <laughs> Yeah, apparently they uh they uh well they that they posted that four days ago. That was one of the pre packs interviews and stuff. But they posted they have the exclusive background for how the uh how Penny Arcade Adventures came to be. So except that we broke it six months ago. Yeah, except we had that story in September, you know, last PAX when we talked to them and none of you guys were interested in talking to them because you guys were like, well, who cares about Penny Arcade Adventures? Or who cares about Z-Boy games? I'm not. I'm still not sure which, but for some reason nobody wanted to talk to these guys, and it was like, why are you insane? But now they do. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So okay, okay, I understand now. So the joystick respond it's back? Okay. No, Robert. It's okay. Robert remembers the people who helped him get where he is. Yes. Yeah. He... As Will Smith would say, if you weren't there for my struggles, you're not going to be there for my successes. Well, actually. I think Robert and Z-Boyd are doing what their PR company tells them to do because they're, uh, they're no. giving all these coverages and stuff to the big sites, now, which makes a say, lot of sense, you know. Uh, when when we when we tweeted at him to make sure that he was going to have time to talk with us, he was he did say that our meeting was the one he was looking forward to the most. Well, that's good at least. But and I, I was like, oh, I, I I don't think that just because we interviewed them at PAX first means that they're going to give us exclusive stuff first. They're still no, going to give it. To, they're still going to give it to the big outlets, right? Which just still, shows uh, there's yeah. no respect in this business anymore. You know, you guys are just basically oh. setting it up so now that if you ever write a good review of the Penny Arcade game, people are going to say, "Oh, they're clearly biased." Because I know <laughs> we're such good friends. We can't trust their impressions. Who saves the world? A really good review, and I'm named in it. <laughs> I mean, you know, just saying. I know. You know, we it's didn't funny. Get any if, crap for that. You want to hear something pretty funny though? Is this if you uh, if you Google RP Gamer, or no, if you Google Who Saves the World, one of the first two links in Google is uh, RPGamer.com. And if you look at like our site numbers, like Alexi or Quancast, most people find RP Gamer through searches of Cthulhu Saves the World. <laughs> so it's really high traffic. I like it. I like it. Um, Cthulhu Saves the World does not come up with RP Gamer in the first few, though. That's not true. We are not on the first page of Cthulhu Saves the World's results. It used to be when I checked. Well, and you know how Google's customizing results it, it, for people now? It. It's what? If you add review on the end, it does. Ah, review. That makes sense. PCR, IGN, Rock, Paper, Shotguns, Game Review, YouTube, RP Gamer. There we go. That's not bad. We're right under the pretty pictures. Yeah, the YouTube videos. Yeah, that's cool. This is totally helping our credibility. Oh, it totally is, isn't it? So did I just get butthurt over just joystick, not knowing about that we had the info? No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, or am I upset at uh, Z Boyd not remembering that he had already given that info out and telling them that it was an exclusive? <laughs> I don't think he told them it was an exclusive. I think they just presumed it. You think was... they presumed it? Uh, all right. I feel you have to remember now. though, joystick has a lot of writers and a lot of their old writers who were there during. <laughs> they probably when don't this exist. Been there broken anymore. or gone? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. 
All right, fair enough. No, no hard feelings choice to. Yeah, yeah. Like maturity. all the people they have now were were the former weekend editors. Uh, a lot of them. Oh, because everyone went over to um, what's it Fox. called? I mean, yeah, oh, Polygon. Polygon. Me. Yeah, that's the new name. So Vox Games has changed its name to Polygon. If you hadn't heard, yeah. and Vox Names Games is the. Yeah, whatever. It's a new so, game. So it's like site. when Ryan Scott that. became like the head of every podcast because all the people who you listen to on the podcast left. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this, you know, so, you know, different writers who may have not been around who broke that story. They're not there anymore. You know, so. Dude, that was my favorite story of the week that there was a new, um, <laughs> there was a new <laughs> GFW radio episode last week. Oh, were you surprised when you heard Phil Kohler went to Polygon? Um, a little bit, but it makes sense. But was, why would you go least. from a, a print magazine to Polygon? They must be paying pretty well or something. Mm. So it's a nice, uh, you know, he's probably getting to work with like more of his friends and stuff too. So I think that make, makes sense. Um, so where do I find Polygon? Oh, it's still at theverge.com slash gaming. Oh. Yeah. Their site, by the way, sucks. You can't find Jack on that site, theverge.com. So I don't know. I hope that gets better. And surprisingly, I, I just went to a Game Informer site the other day, and their site's pretty good. I like the way it's laid out and organized. So ironically, he's going from the site that's not so well laid out to the one that isn't what or whatever. You know what I mean? Going from good to bad. The problem is the stories on the Game Informer site didn't seem to be that interesting. So what does that mean? <laughs> Is it good if you can find stories if you don't care about the stories? Oh, I don't know. So another, if we're going to be talking about websites in general, yeah. uh, did you hear uh, Twit Network's Game On was canceled? Oh, I did. I did. And then he got into an argument with Leo Laporte I did on not. Twitter. I did not. No, I didn't. You he thought did I did. Too. I did not. I did not even tweet at him. I knew better. I so that's him, interesting, though. I tweeted at him once, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, so, all right, guys. If we're going to do this, let's freaking do it. Twit Game On was a gaming show started by This Week in Tech, the network that's streaming live television. They're trying to be a live television network on the internet. You go to live.twit.tv. They've got a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good shows. They've got tech news pretty much all the damn day long. You've got Mac shows. You've got PC shows, Android shows, iPhone shows. They started a gaming show. They put it on at 8 p.m. Central Time or something like that on Sunday nights. And then they followed it up with a LAN party that you could uh, join in and play online games with them. Except it wasn't really a LAN party since most of the people playing were over the internet. But, you know, close enough. You know, we're going to have a gaming show and then we're going to game for a couple hours, right? I And apparently they just never got the ratings and it was a really expensive show. So they're canceling the show. Uh, first of all, did anybody watch this thing? I watched five Wait, minutes of one of twice two episodes and I turned it off. Yeah, I, I watched the first two or three episodes and um, I found it got better as it went on and you know it was kind of enjoyable. But ultimately, I had a problem ever tuning in for it because uh, it, it was live. It's a live video show during an evening when I really like to catch up on gaming. That is Sunday night, so you know around eight p.m. I'm trying to game as much as I can because I got to go back to work tomorrow. Or the same. I think the problem with that show was it was um it was very broad. Mm-hmm. They they tried to go for like the wide like kind of blue ocean gaming audience that doesn't actually really watch gaming shows except for maybe on G four or Spike. 
Well, it felt like an X-Play, more or less, so I don't know. Oh, but you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like they they tried to – they went – like you said, they didn't go for the insider route. They went for like the more broad-range comedy route. Yes. Yeah, a, it was more of a variety a- entertainment show um, with gaming influences and then some – you know, they had some news in there and they had some good interviews in there, by the way. Um, they had some excellent interviews. That's one thing they did pretty well because they, you got to see sides of David Jaffe that you normally don't see, <laughs> which I guess is – some people then told me that well, that's every interview with David Jaffe, so whatever. But was he swearing and talking about how he his failed? His daughter things? was swearing <laughs> on okay. camera. That's the fun part. You could see his daughters breaking into his room while he was doing interviews. It was awesome. Um, uh, they had like the guy who makes prop, those cool Mass Effect props and stuff on, and they had other other actual gaming people on. And I always thought the interview part was good. Um, but yeah, you know, it was more of a sketch comedy and stuff like that. They had a great Phoenix Wright sketch. I liked the Phoenix Wright sketch. They were talking about it coming out on, what, iPhone or something like that. Um, but, you know, it was more of a comedy show. It's not really a news show, not really an insight show. And the people they had on the show didn't have any insights. I mean, Verian, uh, Veronica Belmont and, and Brian Brushwood, they don't they don't have any long industry experience. I don't think being a host of core qualifies you as having gaming insights. Veronica Belmont is, is a, is she's, she's, she's deep in the tech industry world and she's a presenter yes. and Brian Brushwood. He, uh, he likes it. every year when I watch their, uh, no, this is a, it's, Hmm. Okay. I, I, think I was they, just wondering, is this a conversation we should be having on the air? Well, recorded for why not? Yeah, I suppose I mean, not. Here, here's, here's the thing that I really got my goat last night, is apparently Leo tweeted something like, these were the best gamers that I could find for this show. Yeah. At which point I rolled my eyes, because it was like, aren't these just people that he knew and already had on staff, basically? Yes. Who, yeah. who kind of like games. Yeah. Who, you know, well, Veronica really likes games. games. Let's, you know... Let, Veronica has enough cred that I could see her being chosen in that she's enough involved with gaming and she's a good host as she's been do- getting experience doing that for years now that it makes sense to maybe have her on a game show. All right. So right. The- Brian I mean, made no sense to me. I mean, um, to me, I, I immediately turned to Chris and said, did they even hold interviews for this? No, position? they didn't. They didn't. Oh. I, I, obviously they didn't. And it's like, um, I'm sorry, if you're really, you know, going to go out there with a gaming show and get the best gamers, then you need to look a little further than your own backyard. Yeah. And, and Leo has that problem in general. He likes to do shows with friends and then sit here and defend it as I found the best people I could. Well, actually, you didn't look very hard. You you like to use people you know and that you're friends with. So, yeah. I, I'll just be honest, though. Twit has never really done gaming very well. No, they haven't. But the, the, the thing that frustrates me is his response to it and how defensive he gets. Like, uh, So Leo, the guy who well, runs Twit, it's funny. the one who chose it, it, to cancel this program, was tweeting out last night all these sorts of things about how we really tried and the things we can't do. And like the gaming community well, is and- just too fractured. It's not really a community. There's always all these different sides, and I can't yeah, make any of them happy. As people are a community at PAX East. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the other thing was, is apparently he was like, well, our other gaming show didn't succeed either. And I guess everybody was like, um, what are you talking even, about? Yeah. No <laughs> one even knew this show existed. I knew about the show. It was in beta for the longest time. And I, they never, it was actually decent. Did you know they actually had this great interview series that the people from Giant Bomb were pimping about, uh, Duke Nukem Forever? Oh, and they had, because I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Because they never made, put a podcast out of it. 
that you kept it in perpetual beta. They Wait, gave so you could only stream it? Yep, they would only stream it. Well, of course then nobody knew about it. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing is, if I want... I want a gaming show like that. I mean, when I remembered to tune in, I tuned in. I loved it. They had an interview with... Um, uh, who was the guy that did the voice for Osiris Wrath again? Steve Bloom? Yeah. No. Uh, no, um, Liam O'Brien. Thank you. Who they, they interviewed on Game On. That was a good interview, too. Amazing interview with Liam O'Brien about all the different video game characters that he'd done and sort of his insight on the industry. And they asked him stuff outside of gaming. And it was a cool, cool, cool interview. And I loved it. But it was like, you know, I would wake up Monday morning and be like, oh, I didn't watch Game On last night. I wish that I could have a podcast or a video that I could watch. You can. It, you but can. there isn't. Yes, there is. Game okay. Mom is posted in video form, and it's on a YouTube. Okay, I could never find it. You never looked. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> the YouTube channel is Twit Game On. All right, <laughs> you didn't look very hard. Okay. Well, I fail. Um, no, so it, it, the I, problem I is, I don't download videos. Week. I don't know about you guys. I don't download video podcasts. I listen to podcasts while I'm at work, while exactly. I'm playing other games. I want audio. And this this whole show didn't work well for audio. I think Twit has a whole issue where it's, you know, we've got all these podcast listeners and stuff, and we're trying to turn them into video listeners. And it's like, well, well no. The reason gaming podcasts turned off is you, you listen to them while you're gaming. <laughs> ah. Well, I don't know about that part, but... Uh, it is interesting, though. Like we I said, it's a podcast okay. a lot while we're playing WoW and stuff. Oh, WoW, I can understand. But you know, I, and I mean, even other games. Like, no. there's been nights where it's like I've been playing Double Survivor on my 3DS, and Chris has been playing like Mass Effect or something, and we've had a podcast going. This is like not out of the realm of, you know, this is us. But I will say this one last thing. This is going to sound like a cheap shot, but I think it just sort of sums up how gaming, how Twit feels about gaming. Like, for example, like during last year's E3, they decided to go on a Tuesday or whatever, but not go to any press conference, stand outside. And then when they went to a press, when they, when they did go, they recorded themselves for like 30 minutes standing in a line. And then Larry, and then Larry Herb, Major Nelson, recognized Leo and said, hey, Leo, I'm Major Nelson over at Xbox. Come over here. C- come by our booth and we'll hook you up and we'll sit, show you everything you want. You know, he's basically getting like the VIP access tour yeah. because Larry Herb recognized them. And Leo said, yeah, okay. He, he, he just thought it was some fan saying hi and he walked past him and he kept on going. <laughs> so that was, that was number one. And instead of going to talk to Larry Herb and getting an exclusive behind the scenes tour of all the Xbox stuff that nobody is yes, like everyone else would love to get, they went to go watch, you know, the... You know the Call of Duty trailer where that thing would come down and you would watch it in 360 degrees? Yeah. They watched that instead. Wow. But of course you couldn't really watch it all because it was high up and they could only get one angle at a time. And then as they're leaving, like at the very least that could have been saved because um, Tadunobu Itagaki was standing right behind them the whole time. But they didn't notice that. <laughs> so they walked past that. Then they went to the Minecraft area and they stood next to Notch for like 10 minutes. And they didn't realize Notch was there. And then they left. And then they – and instead of going back to the Xbox thing where Larry Herb was going to give them the exclusive VIP access, they went to go stand outside 2K's booth and wait and, and try to wrangle their way in to go see Duke Nukem Forever. And then they went to go play Duke Nukem Forever and they came out and said, Duke Nukem Forever looks pretty good. I'm oh. so glad we got to try that out. And oh, they, you're killing and me. And their coverage for the whole E3 2011 and that was it. That was it? Yeah. Yeah, I never went back and looked for their E3 coverage for last year. And I'm but glad I'm just I saying, didn't. like, when you, 
I mean, that's the level of like, it's like. Well, so the problem is Leo doesn't understand gaming, right? But the problem, but he won't let anybody make decisions or guide. It seems who does. Yeah, he needs to hire someone who is like a gamer, and it's like a lifelong gamer. Someone, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be someone who's known that well, well in the industry. Well, that's the problem, though. What when you you start trying to define a gamer, and does Veronica count as a gamer? Does Veronica not count as a gamer? She's she's a gamer, and yet she I she know. was involved in the show, and that didn't help. You know, so it, it's not just a gamer. I don't think, and. And if you just hire a gamer off the street, he may not have a clue about what's actually interesting. He may oh, just how, be like, wow, well, let's go to the Duke Nukem. For-. He might agree. You know what? That's the biggest controversy. Let's go look at that. So I don't. <sighs> I know it's difficult. I know you need someone. You need someone like an X one upper or something. Yeah. I, I think what he that, that's his big failing. And he hasn't gotten anybody, you know, who's kind of. Uh, how to say it, who has a kind of a good vibe about them in the, in the gaming community, who's like a journalist in some way, and yeah. getting them involved. Well, I mean, I was getting to that point, but you kind of stomped on me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel bad. I don't like talking mess about other people, because you can say like a million terrible things about RP Gamer and this I know, podcast. right? Yeah, exactly. And you're absolutely right. It's But I'm trying to understand where this went wrong. Is the yeah, only I think we're I bring sad because they have the resources yeah. and the connections to get all of the great interviews, all of the exclusive behind the scenes. Like, like Major Nelson recognized you and he said, dude, come back here. We're going to hook you up. And you ignore him and walk past him like he's just some dude? Well, because Leo has his policy of not liking to get – he only wants to get the normal person's experience of things, right? But that, but at E3, that gets you nowhere. I know. <laughs> He doesn't understand. I'm that. sorry. There is no such thing as a normal person's experience at E3. Because I know. I know. Normal people don't go to E3. Yeah. And the normal people who do sneak their way in, what they do, they stand outside booths and they yeah. watch presentations, or they stand in the the Kotor line for three hours. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the tour line, Swotor. Did he? Do you know if he at least ever recognized that he blew off Major Nelson and didn't realize it? No. No. No, but Brian Brushwood, he stopped, like, N- Nelson stopped both of them yeah. and said, hey, you guys, I'm Major Nelson from Xbox. Come by our booth. We'll hook you up. And you get to go play with the Connect before anybody. Ma- like, maybe, maybe, uh, oh, I don't even want to speculate. All right. <laughs> it's just crazy. No, so, but I just compared to what they ended up doing, which is, like, standing outside. They yeah, literally no, no, stood no. Yeah, outside. You made, yeah, yep, yep. No, so, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm sorry. <laughs> Rest in peace, game on. Uh, but I, what I think is funny um, about the whole thing is like, okay, so the game on thing didn't work. And then all his Twitter responses are like, can you just do a normal gaming podcast, get some people in the industry who know what they're talking about, do an audio-centric podcast and put it out. And his response is, well, you guys didn't listen to this thing that I never put out as a podcast. <laughs> so that's why I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, ah, we, funny. we definitely aren't like, trashing the idea we love the idea yeah. we want it done right for lack of a better phrasing oh i guess yeah we want it in audio we want it with people that were interested i'll be in honest subject. with you guys i honestly truly think that all this controversy aside if they had kept going with the show it probably would have kept evolving and turning into something better and better because uh the people yeah, involved were taking feedback so to be fair though it's out of his pocket though if he's not seeing yep. return no you're right, right. yeah and he it, it you know, he set it up to fail by making and, it this big, expensive show, I guess. Right. You know? And I will say, even between the first, second, and third show, huge improvements. Like, massive yeah, leaps of, of good. Yeah, have so, you seen the original X-Play when it was called GameSpot TV? No. It was not very oh good. 
No, but we have to go and look at that. Oh, too. yeah. X-Play has had a lot of different phases, though, some better than others. And That's true. I don't know if the current one is as good as some of the older ones, but... Yeah, but they found their sea legs eventually. It just takes yeah. time. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I should probably check a current episode X play out and see if it's still. Yeah, I think it was uh, Adam Tesler and Kate Patello on GameSpot TV. Ah, so pre Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, much before Morgan Webb. Uh. All right. Mass Effect 3. <laughs> it's time to move on, I think. Mass Effect 3 is getting um, ending clarifications. In a downloadable piece of content called Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut, you're going to get new cinematics and epilogue scenes that are added to the conclusion of the game. So here is my beautiful, my beautiful forum quote of the week, because we've been having a very intense but polite discussion about this on the forums. And uh, uh, King Jowie said today, I know I am beating a dead horse. What can I say? It's a beautiful Saturday and I'm at work. I feel like post-mortem equine violence. What? I have no idea what you just thought, what you just said. I what are you talking like, about? <laughs> this is just, there's been some really funny quotes coming out of this Mass Effect 3 ending clarification uh, th- forum thread. And he Jowie says, I know I am beating a dead horse. What can I say? It's a beautiful Saturday and I'm at work. I feel like post-mortem equine violence. Okay, well... What does that have to do with anything? Just it was funny. You pick the weirdest things to quote. All right, let me just say <laughs> you just really—I oh. don't know what you. Um, do you have anything there's, there's, that actually talks about the ending? <laughs> yeah, um, there's actually one thing that you haven't mentioned. It's free. All right. Yes. Yes, that's a good point. It is free. They're not going to charge you for it. Um, it's apparently not going to change the ending, but just clarify it. Um, which I guess lets them keep their artistic vision, which by the way, I need to say this whole artistic vision is a load of crap. If your game sucks and it's an interactive experience where the user's feelings and emotions matter and they don't like it, your your artistic vision is worthless and it should not be upheld versus anything. Games are a different type of art than any other type of art form. Just because you had a story in your head that's written out in a book and users read the book and they don't like it, that's fine. But when they are playing a game and they are part of deciding the story, deciding the art, deciding the outcome, to sit there and say their feelings don't matter because your artistic vision is more important to uphold, you're full of crap. I don't think any game designer on the planet would agree with you. I, I think you're wrong, but I, I don't uh, care. Uh, there's I don't, a great, I don't care. A great series. If they Ken think Levine, art is more important than your... You. Yeah, well, great. I don't think they're right. I just sit there and say that the user's feelings and, and their experience doesn't matter means you are basically just you know doing uh, artistic masturbation on the screen in front of them. And, and that's not what it's about. This is a two-person experience. <sighs> I... I think it's a little bit more complicated than that because you just can't change it anytime somebody gets upset with what with something you do. Yeah, but this isn't just somebody getting upset, isn't it? This is but people organizing but, petitions. But they're about the ones your who crap. created the choices to begin with. They're creating these. And they, act, I mean, they have to have they have to have an end mind and goal, an end goal in mind when they're creating like path A and path B and path C. Yeah, I mean. But, I mean, this is a product. This is an exp- interactive experience. I, I, I don't think that the art that they p- think it is is what the art is. Games are a different type of art. 
I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, don't don't change it for everybody. I'm not saying make a choose-your-own-adventure game, but when you essentially sit there and say that people are part of this ending and all this stuff, and then you, you sit there around and turn and do this to them, like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. But you didn't even hold up to your own artistic vision. Uh, I, to I, sit there and use that as an excuse just sounds really, feels really sour to me. I don't really know if it's an excuse, me. though. I, I, um, hmm. I wish I would have read up on this, but I just... I don't know, man. I think it's easy for us to say that now. But how would you feel if someone said came up to you and said, "You know what? This book that you wrote with us. I mean, this like the end. Like, what about J.K. Rowling? I fine. I, I'm you saying books. I'm 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 really trying to limit this to to games because I don't okay. think it works in other forms of art. I think other forms of arts are different. But I think the, the gaming is a different platform and it is a different art experience. And there are some games where it wouldn't make sense, like. Um, a game like a uh, flower or, or journey or something where you're on like this very set narrative path and you don't like the ending, you don't like the ending, but a game when you as the gamer are building the conclusion and building how it's going to be, I think it's different, but you're not really building it. You're just choosing from a set of options that they presented to you. Well, then you've been lied to the whole game and you should feel bitter. But let's be honest. I mean, your shepherd is, the selection of choices you can choose at any moment. I mean, there was only two choices when on Mass Effect 2 about whether you kick the guy out, out, off the balcony or you don't. I mean, push him out the window or you don't. There was never a third option where you go and have a cup of tea with him or you choose whatever you wanted to. I mean, it was it was two binary choices. Okay. Right? I, I, I don't see how that makes... But when you have enough two binary choices, you have like this realm of infinite possibilities that you're constructing, right? And they have to maintain that. And, but it's like it's at the it's it's still their project. Though, I don't right? care it's that it's hard. <laughs> I, I don't. No, see but how at that's the same time, you're either. saying like, screw you for making the game that you as a team have been slaving away yes, for like the last yes. six years of your the life. Consumers have a right to say, screw you, your game sucks. Yes, they do with their dollars, but not to change the product. If but, you don't like it, you could you can you know return it. You can never buy anything from Bioware again. You vote with your dollar. That's that's your recourse. But we but have. Say, but how this dare isn't. You this isn't. What you made. This isn't engraved in stone. This is a digital product. Why can't they change it? What's wrong with you sitting there saying, "Hey, fix this crap. It wasn't very good. Do a round two. Release a new edition of the book. Release an extended director's cut of the film. Make a patch to the game." All these That's things fit in so that. That's so self-entitled. No. It is not self It is self-entitled because it's a product for a consumer. But then so it never then video games never are art then. They're just products. No, they're a different kind of art where the the person playing it makes the art just as much as the person making it. No. Not, unless you're talking about a uh, uh, little big planet or uh something like RPG Maker. No. Yeah, I as the player am painting I am painting the canvas of this Mass Effect world with every decision I make, Manny. Yeah, a canvas with it's more like a paint by numbers because all the numbers that are there are I mean all the colors and the location of the colors they're already there and they kinda of have to be red or black and they're deciding what it is. You don't like my paint by numbers? You think it's not real art just because I use some numbers? Come on. I just I think it's easy. I think it's very easy for us to sit here and say, "How dare you, Bioware? How dare you?" But, but like, if you don't like what they did, just you can you do have an option. My, my dare you is to their response about artistic integrity, and I think that's bullcrap. It's not to, you know, it. it I want to be careful here. 
uh, I guess I'm beyond the realm of being careful, but the it is it is very weird that they can sit here and use artistic integrity as an excuse for a bad product. I don't see that, but they don't feel like they have a bad product. Well, their audience obviously disagrees. A very vocal, I mean, a very vocal minority. I it doesn't sound like a minority to me. Where are you? As, all right. I mean, it, it, from everything I'm from from all the media, everybody, been, every single person I've heard talk about it is not thrilled with the ending. And with a couple of people are like, "Well, it didn't offend me." Like that's the best I've heard about this ending. It seems like yeah, know, there's some issues here. Like your own Sam say she liked it. I don't remember. I have to ask her again. But but I just feel like we're at the point where oh we're at the point where you know what like it's true though but you can't just say I hated like me and a group of friends say I absolutely no hated you can't you need to reserve it you, you need to do you need to handle it situationally there's no argument to that but this seems like a situation where there's an issue here and why can't we use our technology and fix this thing. Why do we have to maintain the originally ending as is? That's my big issue. Like it's it's like this complete non-starter for them to even consider changing the ending because of some artistic vision they have. Well, who gives a crap about your artistic vision? Why is that important they to do. maintain? I don't. But I don't care about that. That then is not don't important. Don't buy their games anymore. That's your choice. That's your legitimate option as a but consumer. But that isn't the only choice, man. You're making it the only choice for no reason. That does not have to be for the no only reason. choice. They it's have their the game. If yeah. they don't want, they don't have to. They don't have to but why shouldn't they because they don't want to why not they, that's like my problem why don't they want the to six years. they still want some ownership over the games and products that they still want though. hey alex <laughs> hey alex <Hello? laughs> pass the popcorn yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> carry on gentlemen well, now I you just, just I derailed just, it. I, <laughs> I just, I just, it just feels like this is like the neo. I, I feel like I'm taking the. Be- there are plenty of. There's okay. I'm going to, in the column right right now. I'm gonna have this reading list. I'm gonna include some articles from people like, from people from other game makers and see their perspective about why. Let's just let's table the discussion for later. Okay. Basically, I, I I guess I'm I'm taking a position that says a lot of game designers, in my opinion, are wrong about about that particular Here it is. aspect. I found it. So. That was that was pretty easy. What do game writers and designers think about Bioware changing the Mass Effect three ending? I feel like this is a common held belief among all of these directors and writers, like people like Chris Avalon, just just everyone in, in general. That you know what maybe. I, 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 what do you want me to say? I don't think they're right. I, I don't care okay, how though. famous they are. I don't care. About, I don't think they're right. I think that's that okay, though. I mean, but the truth is that you can't force them to well, want to change. Of course I can't their force words. them. But I, I, you know, if I don't agree with their excuse, I'm going to call them out and say, I don't agree with their excuse. That's all and, I can do, right? But then vote with your dollars in the future. And then, you know what? They're going to start, they're going to have to make a choice whether their artistic vision is worth their shareholder prices. Yeah, but, you know, Banny, it's still a good game that I want to play. That doesn't mean I have to agree with their decision here. I, I don't Fair know. I, I guess I don't I mean, understand why I have to boycott a company to make a point. You know, why you, can't I disagree with a company? Just, you know what? It's not necessarily a boycott, but you, just, you know what? I don't like how this company or this studio handles 
my player choice or the, the way they describe how I don't trust them anymore. I'm not going to buy their games anymore. Or but, it's not necessarily a boycott. Just I don't trust this particular studio. I, or, I don't know. In the context of this game, it's like saying, well, I don't like the scanning mechanics, so I'm never going to buy a game from them again. Well, no, I just disagree with this one aspect of how they're handling this game. Uh, it doesn't seem worth not buying future games from them over. Doesn't seem the way the right way to make my point. But then, did you should be so? But then, are you really that angry about it? Then, if you're just not even, if you're not willing to never play anything, they I, do I'm again? upset every time I see it thrown up as an excuse, and I haven't had an opportunity to really express it or get it out there. But that that's it. But 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 I don't know. It seems like you're only, you're just saying what every other angry fan on the internet's saying, right? Chris, yeah. Shouldn't you actually beat Mass Effect Three and find out what the ending is before you can? No, because this I, I, it does, it. I don't even think it's relevant. I think seeing people use artistic integrity as an excuse to not change something that pe- people in general think is not good, I don't, I don't like that. That's what I don't like. It has nothing to do with the actual contents of the ending. Like even if I like the ending, the fact that people, that this many people are saying this is crap. And they keep responding and about preserving artistic integrity. That's what chuffs or what angers me. It's like I, your feelings are irrelevant to our artistic integrity. So I, I, I just can't jive on that. I think there's a lot of perspectives. I think there's a lot of perspectives, and it's it's not as easy as a cut and dry. Just about. I mean, if there's like if they're taking careful considerations about what about maybe our message was misunderstood, mm-hmm. or maybe some, or maybe we didn't handle this in the best way, and we yeah. thought we were articulating this. That's one thing, but then just to straight up bow to pressure because everyone's saying, "How dare you do this to me?" Or, "Oh, this was. Are you stupid? This is terrible. Change this now." I mean, that's. I feel like that's a different story too, from a different perspective. See, I, I guess the, the, the difference for games to me is how much the user feels like they're part of the story versus, um, you know, versus a book or something where you're reading a story. Uh, and I guess I, I expect there to be extra consideration for the gamer in that Oh, here we go. Situation. This is an interesting quote from Dave Grossman. He's a LucasArts alum, and he co-designed Dave the Tentacle with Tim Schafer. In the end, I think this is where I land. Listening to the audience is important, but it's when you agree with them that you should make changes. If you're going to revise stuff, by all means, go ahead. But be sure you're doing it because you want to, not because you think you should. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of land with the art. I mean, with these guys. Because I, I, I feel like it's so easy for us to come in here and see the end product and say, you, you, what, the, what the hell's wrong with you? But these, this, this, this is like several people's, like their heart and soul for like the, and they're like, you know, bad marriage, you, you name it, because they've been working on this for six years. And you could say, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I'm the, I'm the fan and, and I'm the one playing for the money for the game. And that's true, and that's fair enough. You could hate it and you just give it a bad review. You never my, like it again. Manny, my frustration with that is not really that we can't force them to do it. It's that they don't end up agreeing with us. That they don't end up agreeing with us, or yeah, I mean, you said you should only change it if you end up agreeing with the fans, right? That was the mm-hmm. quote from your article, and I guess my frustration is that they don't end up agreeing, is that they they keep maintaining that what they have is good. It's like, well, okay, uh, just a fundamental disconnect there. I don't know. It just feels strange because you could say a lot of. I I hated, I absolutely hated the ending of Lost. I mm-hmm. thought it was so dumb, yeah. so dumb. But 
I at the same time, I'm not gonna. I don't know. I don't. Find, I don't think I feel but like I should. You were not controlling, and, I, and I'm. I'm sorry. I don't but know. But people uh, felt lost attached characters. to that world, right? You were. You were going yeah. in there, you were trying, trying to find every secret, every red herring. But it'd be another thing if you were playing as Hurley or whatever the lost characters' names are. You know, I don't know. I, I, I really think that you controlling the character and having control over that world and building a story and you being involved in that, you know, it, it's one thing to say that the ending um, is a tragedy and despite all your best efforts, something bad happens. And, and I don't know what the ending is still. Um, that, that That's one way to put it. But it, it sounds like this is more of a, a core betrayal to the, um, to the concepts that you've been building the entire game. So, but know. it sounds like they, at some point, on some level, they agreed with everybody, right? They said, okay, clearly we didn't explain this enough, yeah. so we're going to make elaborate on what we did and make it longer. We're not going to change the ending because we feel this is the way this game needs to end, mm. but we'll make you feel better about it. Is that yeah. enough? I, I don't know. Um, we have to see it. I don't know. I guess it depends how much they change with the clarification, so... We have to, what is it like, <laughs> sometime this summer, by the time this comes out, no one's going to care about this argument anymore. <laughs> That's the sad part. Well, it's interesting, though, sort of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know you guys... what, Chris? Oh, yeah. You should change the end of this podcast. We so should. We Let's change it right now. Does anyone uh, from, remember the Shadowrun games from back in the day? Anyone play those? No, I played the great first-person shooter, though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just joking. uh so all right Shadowrun. um i think it was a pen and paper rpg first and then it turned into a a genesis game and a a super nintendo game and all this other stuff um i know a lot of rp gamers like those old uh, genesis and super nintendo games and someone please refresh me by the way which one was better or if they were both good just tell me that in the forums uh they Oh, we got a typo here. Uh, the Shadowrun guys, like, okay, this is so weird. Like, the guy had to license back their own RBG. Like, this is so weird. And they have, a, like, a, they had a chart. I don't know where it went. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, there it is. So, like, they made the game, and then it got sold to these people, and then taken over by these people, and licensed to these people, and, you know, around, around, around. They finally got the rights to Shadowrun back, and they're going to make a game, and they uh, launched a Kickstarter for, like, uh, gonna try and make it better have mission editors do the game then we're gonna do mac version and stuff and all this other stuff anyway they got funded and they got funded in like um super fast time as all the really popular projects do they they wanted four hundred thousand they're at six hundred fifty thousand and they are now at the point where well let's shoot for a million and we've already got the mac version we got multiple um Languages added. We got uh, new character classes added. We're going to add like another setting, you know, a whole second city to the game, kick-ass music, a better editor, um, and and stuff. So we are going to keep doing that if you donate to us. So that is still out there if you want to donate to the Kickstarter project for Shadowrun Returns. Uh, 15 bucks gets you the game, and uh, they are funded, so it's a sure thing at this Well, as sure as anything Kickstarter is. Uh, at this point and you can see lots of little concept art and a good video and all this other stuff so you can check that out at kickstarter we got a story up on our site um i donated that one any of you guys were interested in that or is that just a me thing no discussion i played the genesis game but i don't remember a lot about it okay i asked my brother he doesn't remember either so oh uh backtrack number 17 on our site is about shadow run so you can go listen to that if you want to hear more about the shadow run games 
which apparently I need to do. So I think I'm going to put that on my podcast downloader. All right. Um, boom, 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 boom. Oh, there's an impression. Okay. I didn't mean to put that on there. Okay. So, oh, remember we were talking a while about uh, Crystal Conquest, Final Fantasy Crystal Conquest or something like that from Square Enix? And we're like, CC 2012, what the heck is that? And there's a teaser site. Well, I just wanted to follow up and tell you guys it is not an RPG. Oh, time to be sad. No, It's a browser game. Yeah, it's a free-to-play. It'll be on the Yahoo Games portal, and it's a real-time battle strategy game, whatever that means. I want to try it out, but it is not an RPG. Uh, Square Enix also announced an iOS card battle game with a lot of Square Enix talent that you might be interested if you like their artwork and stuff. It'll be called Guardian Cross. Um, they got a teaser site for that up as well. There are many Square Enix games on iOS that I am interested in, but mm-hmm. the price keeps me away. Yeah. So like the, the Chaos Rings 2 and stuff? Even Tactics. I'd buy Tactics for five bucks even, but mm-hmm. it's like, what, 15? Like, yeah, like 17, 16. Yeah. Orcs Must Die 2. Um, Manny, for some reason, I think you played Orcs Must Die. Is that true? That's not true. Uh, blankness. No Manny. Manny disappeared. Okay. Did I do oh, did I lose the call? Hello? Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was so alone. <laughs> Forever alone. <laughs> just just lost Manny apparently. Alright. Orcs must die. Uh, it was an action RPG. They've announced a sequel. And it's gonna add a second playable character and a co op mode exclusive to PC. Uh, the game will be on well, oh, it just says PC. So I guess this won't, won't won't be coming to Xbox Live, at least not at first. So you can check out the official site at uh, robotentertainment.com, and you can see their video and stuff that they've got going on for Orcs Must Die 2, which I, f- I want to say that some people said was pretty decent. So I don't know. It got a lot of hype at PAX last year. Yeah, I haven't played it. I don't know. There was, I mean, there was always a crowd there, and it was a big crowd, too. Mm -hmm. All right, Secret World pre-orders. So you know that MMO, that Secret World, that seems like really, in a way it seems Cthulian-inspired with lots of weird demons and stuff entering the regular world and stuff, but um, apparently not. Cthulian? Cthulian? Well, there's Manny. Can we say Lovecraftian? Yeah. Lovecraftian. Okay. Whatever. That would be much more. I like Cthulian. You know, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. Manny, we saw an awesome board game yesterday. It's the Mescatonic School for Girls. Does it involve. Mescatonic U? Mescatonic oh. University? I'm sorry. Over my head. It's like a major. Um, landmark in the in Arkham. There's a lot of Cthulhu-related stuff at game stores nowadays, is what I noticed. All right, well, if, if you're interested in the Secret World, there's uh, you can get guaranteed access to the beta weekends by pre-ordering the game, and those start on May 11th and run through June June 19th, which is when the game launches. So that's out there if you want it. Also, <laughs> I love this. Secret World Dev says the Wii U is the perfect platform for MMOs. <laughs> Here's the quote. Wii U could be the first real console on which running an MMORPG without compromise is plausible. 
uh, Funcom's Joel Bylos told official Nintendo Magazine. The controller is perfect for lining up those rows of hot bars that are essential in most MMOs. A customizable touchscreen interface combined with the 3D spatial movement of a console controller could be a winner. So what do you think? Having that little screen, does that make it the perfect MMO platform? It's something that a couple of developers have talked about, just not publicly. I I don't think tapping with a stylus or your finger is as good as um, pounding hotkeys on the keyboard, personally. Um, basically, the way that... Okay, so here's basically the way that some the some of the theoretical drawings that I've seen is, is we've seen the Wii U controller and we see you hold it in your hands. But what if you basically have it in your lap and have eight fingers on the front of it? Mm. Well, and then you're tapping the buttons. For... You guys forget that it's not a multi-touch screen. Ooh, good point. <laughs> this is a this is an old school DS screen where it's pr- uh, it's pressure activated. Yep, yep. And people, uh, I think a lot of people have forgotten that this is a very inexpensive screen in there. Unless they, unless we find out, that would be great news. By the way, at E3, we find out it's a multi-touch screen because I think that opens up the system to a lot more cool stuff. Um, it's a subtle but important difference. Um, so that that's actually one of the most important things I want to hear about in the Nintendo conference this year. What the heck's up with this Wii U? If we get invited, yeah. Well, I hope so. We always get to go to Nintendo. <laughs> it's uh, Microsoft. We need to uh, we need to get uh, the cachet of uh, Leo Laporte so Larry Herb will invite us to the Xbox press conference. No, but then we just blow him off, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, wouldn't you like to be able to blow Larry Herb off? To just have that sort of uh, walk up to him, him and go <laughs> and walk away. By the way, Major Nelson, um, I would not blow you off just in case you're listening to this. No, <laughs> you've uh, met him. You didn't blow him off. I know. Time. I met him, and I, he took the photo I used for all my. Well, no, his uh, his uh, photo monkey, his uh, his his partner who was handling all the video equipment took the photo, and it was good. Yeah. I use that for all my Twitter and Facebook profiles and stuff. Uh Okay, Mass Effect 3 Resurgence Pack is uh, coming out this week. So for the you, those of you still playing Mass Effect 3, which includes me, because for some crazy reason I want to max out my multiplayer ratings before I finish the game, and I've been distracted the past couple weeks from that. I'm going to be jumping back into it this week, and it's good because there's a DLC pack coming for free that adds Batarians and Geth to the, uh, to the multiplayer as races, as well as the Asari Justicar Adept and the Krogan Bast- Battlemaster Vanguard. And this is awesome. So, because I've wanted to play, play with these characters. Can you play a guy with four balls yet? That would be the Krogan. Cool. Mm-hmm. Adds new maps to the multiplayer mode, which it desperately needs. And Yay. yeah, this would be good. So, a, a Palavan outpost, so that's a Turian place, and a Quarian colony. So, that's cool. Sweet, 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 sweet. Wait, they don't have Quar colonies. Okay, whatever. So, that, that is looking cool. Uh, and it's free. Free DLC is good. Haven't heard... Has anyone heard about any paid DLC for Mass Effect 3? There hasn't been any announced, right? Uh, not like I'm a cool, no. I guess they're all distracted probably not with the best this ending stuff. This climate, right? Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> the, the, for, the paid multiplayer packs are enough for now, I, I suppose. All right, that's the end of our news, guys. So, should we start going around the table? No, it isn't. Oh, oh right, right, right. I do this every week. We got one more news thing, and that is MMO Roundup. I like MMO in a minute better. MMO in a minute. That's your signal to go. Okay. 
So top headlines for the week of April 1st through April 7th. Star Wars The Old Republic Patch 1.2 launching in April, announced at PAX East as early as next week. Terror releases a crafting guide. This is the final beta weekend before its launch on May 1st. Keros Online shutting down tells all players, please migrate to Rosh Online instead. Drake and Sang Online hits 5 million players. Big Point, the publisher, is now teaming up with Square Enix on a secret title, which will be a browser game. Lots of development studios are using Kickstarter, the crowdfunding website, to get necessary money for development. Um, one example is an MMORPTS RPG Ensemble Online. Cart welcomes Japan to their global servers. Kampai! Dark Blood confirmed for North America, dubbed the adult MMO. Ion Europe sees a 5 time boost in players since going free to play the nda on firefall has been officially lifted expect news now and within the next week i didn't know drakken saying that's like the square enix game right mm-hmm. i didn't know it had so, an o- online mmo yeah is that no, old dragon guard that you're thinking oh about. okay oh okay. yeah sorry dragon saying is big point so big point had two big things one they were they hit five million in there Dragon Saying, plus they're teaming up with Square Enix. And that's that Dragon Saying still in beta. Is it any good? Do you know? Um, is it actually? Yeah, it's still in beta. Yeah, it's marked as open beta. Yet another beta I want to try this weekend. As a, in addition to the Terra Online beta, the Pandaria beta, which I got into, and the Paths of Exile beta, which seems to be updated. But oh, by the way, Path of Exile. I didn't mention this. Path of Exile. If you've been following that, that is another Diablo type game. Um, that one's going to be free to play, right? But the, the their big difference in a free to play is it is 100% cosmetic only. There is well, absolutely no pay to win. It is also character slots and staff okay. slots. It's yeah. There's no, but there's no pay to win. Right, right, right. Um, you can if you uh, they're doing their own little Kickstarter. They're in New Zealand, so they can't use Kickstarter. That's a U.S. only site. Um, but they they do have if you go to pathofexile.com, you say get beta, beta access, support Path of Exile. You can start at uh, you know they ten bucks gets you into the closed beta, and uh, you also get some of that currency that you'll be able to use when the game comes out to actually buy some of those uh, microtransaction items like character slots and stash slots and. You can donate anywhere from ten dollars to a thousand, and uh, some of the better packages starting uh, from twenty-five and up give you a kiwi, you know, because it's New Zealand. And uh, how much you donate gets you an even better, cooler, more awesome kiwi, up to the diamond kiwi. Get some cool stuff if you want to give them grand, but uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> the the really nice stuff honestly starts at I think a hundred, where you basically get some really thought out, nicely thought out physical items. Mm-hmm. That is neat. Uh, let's see. Yeah. All right. So we should... Uh, here, let's do me first because uh, I didn't play anything like normal. Mass Effect 3, Final Fantasy 13 2 continues. Hot Shots Golf. I'm still not getting any better. I downloaded Ridge Racer on the Vita. And um, from what I've played right now, I'm thinking probably not something you want to download. But I don't know. It, I found out that the Vita has a limit to how many things you can download at once. There's so much free DLC for Ridge Racer that it takes that you will fill up your download queues and, and have to go and open the game and have it install the DLC before you can go back and finish downloading the rest of the DLC. Because there's just so many tracks and music and all that stuff. So I feel like for 25 bucks, I'm getting 
decent amount of content given how small the content for that game release was to begin with. But this is the, I don't know if you guys have been following Ridge Racer is the racer for PS Vita that um, only had like three cars and a few tracks or something like that. So they've been releasing a bunch more over free DLC for the U S market, which is cool. Um, but I need to, I need to spend some more time on that to see if it's actually good or if I'm just sucking at it or, or what, but, uh, I feel right having Ridge Racer on my Vita. If nothing else, 25 bucks made my Vita finally feel like it has all the stuff it should have on it, you know, as a new system, a new Sony portable. Uh, other thing, Storage Wars Texas. We've been watching that, Anna, right? Yeah, I guess that's not playing. We've been watching Pawn Stars more than Storage. Well, I guess we've been watching no, this week, all Storage of that Wars stuff. Texas. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dude, they had got this, Del- uh, this former Dallas Cowboy on Storage Wars Texas, and it's kind of fun. So angry. Oh, why are you angry? I just found that PAX was live streaming all their a lot of the big panels. No. They announced that like two weeks ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I've been trying to follow this Epic Games panel on Twitter and I was like, I could have watched the whole thing, but you people talking about Mass Effect endings. I don't know. Where do you go to it? Where's the where's the oh I'll give you it's like Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash PAX. Ah, <laughs> Official so live stream good. channel. All right, so f- let's see what what can we watch today. This is Saturday, so we've missed half of it. Um, One p.m. Yeah, so Mega sixty four is on at two thirty. There you go. Totally missed the Epic Games one. Wow, these are panels that's hard to get into at PAX. So it, you may actually, it, if all you care about at PAX is the the really big panels, by the way. Um, you're better off doing this live stream stuff. I can guarantee you. Because uh, <laughs> actually going to PAX and trying to get into those things is insane. I don't I don't even bother with panels. I stick to the game floor and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Anna, what did you play? Well, I started playing a new game this week. <laughs> so I started Final Fantasy thirteen. Yay. Yay! So the so, two things you have to, to have to answer about Final Fantasy Thirteen. Whenever you start playing Thirteen, um, is it too linear? No, I love it. It's perfect. Okay. Is the whole thing a tutorial? No. Okay. Is everybody who hates on Thirteen pretty much more or less crazy? No, because I like linear games that give me direction. Oh, you, know, you answered the last one wrong. But all right. Other than that, you did good. <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three. We ain't have bad. some meatloaf. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just, I, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect going into it. Cause there's so much, it's the best game in the world. It's the most terrible game in the world. I didn't like it. I loved it. Blah, 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 blah. So anybody who says that they can go through this game by mashing the X button is crazy. I mash the X button cause I get excited. <laughs> Chris sits beside me and I'm mashing the X button and he gives me funny looks. That never happened actually, but I like your storytelling. <laughs> You did give me a funny look at one point because I was sitting forward on the couch and you like poked me in the side and we're like, oh. what are you doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Let's see, I'm not okay. crazy. All right. All right. So, um, yeah, I love the paradigm system. It just gives me so much freedom to do what I want with my characters. So I've gotten to the point where I can select my own party. So I have been rocking out with Fang, Lightning, and Hope. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like the way that they balance each other and they have a good selection of characters. And um, 
Yeah, I'm just, I'm really enjoying the game so far. The story's really good. I feel really connected with the characters, except for Hope, because he's kind of a whiny little punk. Um, and beyond that, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, apparently in Chapter 10, it starts to get a little, um, a little broader in that I can start to choose a little more of what I want to do. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that because that sounds like it'll be exciting. But yeah, good story so far. Um, the pacing is great. That's that's the thing that I'm definitely appreciating the most is it's really well paced. Um, I did not like most of the last chapter that I was in because I I have been tending to play it while I'm doing something else. So I play and I put the controller down to answer my email or to do a Facebook post or to do some sort of work, and I pick it back up again half an hour later. And there's this section that I was going through that there was a bunch of alarms going off, and it took me about four or five hours to get through that section, and I had a headache at the end of that because the alarms just wouldn't shut up. I had to turn off the sound for a little bit, which made me sad because I really like the music. The music is really good in that game. And I love the accents. I know... Um, am I okay to do it? Yeah, the game's sold enough. Um, I was going through, and when I heard um, that Fang had the same accent as Vanille, I messaged Chris, and I'm like, maybe I'm crazy, but I almost get the impression that Vanille is maybe from Pulse. And you blew me off! You know, Anna, you could handle that. It's just saying that Vanille is from the same place as Fang, but whatever. You're just very bad at this sort of discussion. And you blew me off. And yeah, I did. I don't spoil games for you just because you messaged me on Instant Messenger. Mm. You're right. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't expecting you to say yes or no, but you were like, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> That's all I can do if I'm not going to say yes or no. <sighs> Sorry, I let you yeah. enjoy it uh, for yourself. Yes, definitely enjoying it. Um, loving the plot twists, and I haven't been spoiled by any of the plot twists, so that makes me especially happy. I mean, I somehow managed to avoid the Aerith plot twist, too, so. Well, good for you. And, yeah, are you kidding me? I was so I don't know so how upset. you pulled that off. I was so upset, and I didn't have a memory card, so I had to, like, leave the game. Every time I got the Casa del Sol, the power went out. I got to Casa del Sol like four times and then the, the power stopped flickering. Mm-hmm. We were having a bunch of lightning storms in the summer. I got to the end of disc one and I was so upset, I like left the game running for like three days because I just didn't want to go back to it. I was oh. really upset. I don't know what that has to do with memory cards, but okay. I didn't have a memory card, so I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't save it. Oh, all right. I see it. Which really screwed me in the arena. Because mm-hmm. there was a, a a wheel that was like, you know, multiplied by the amount of time that you played. And Final Fantasy VII had an arena? Yeah, the fighting arena remember. where you did, uh, you fought something and then you did the, the slot machine. Oh, okay. I'm not crazy! No, I no, it's okay. I don't like that game, so... Okay. You don't? No. Freak. Anyways, um, I'm liking it. I'm probably going to end up taking it home with me and finishing it. So uh, it means that I have put aside Double Survivor and Skylanders for the week. But we went uh, Skylander hopping on Sunday, and we got five new ones. Uh Legendary Trigger Happy, the three-pack, and then... I don't know that people care. I think it's awesome, because I'm at, like, 34 out of 39. All right. Stupid Toys R Us screwed me, so I don't have a blue bash. Nope, no blue bash. 
So if anybody out there has a boobash well, and, and isn't interested in using it, well, let me know. And I have an extra, I have two extra Skylanders. I have duplicates. We have to do a contest for those. Or we could just ask people who want them. No, I want people to like do something like, what would you do with your Skylander if you got it? I don't it? think we're going to have enough people who care about it for that. But we might get some cool answers, like, I would you know, run it over with my car. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And yeah, I guess that'd be cool. All right, fair enough. So we need to figure out, you need to come up with a list of what we have. All right, Manny, what have you been playing? Nada. Nada. Zilch. Oh. Oh. No love for the gaming. So I hear uh, PAX East is awesome. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, uh, I bought Amnesia, The Dark Descent. You didn't play it, but you bought it. Yeah, it was uh, five bucks on the Mac App Store. Which Is that an adventuring game? It's uh, the horror oh. game. Oh. Um, King's Bounty Armored Princess is what now that? available on Mac. What is? King's Bounty Armored Princess. I'll look it up. It's now available on Mac. Oh, that is... Yeah, um, I would have got it on... Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. So is uh, The Witcher 1. Did anyone watch the the CD Projekt uh, uh, press conference on Thursday? I watched right. part of the GOG press conference. Um, that was strange. There was a dude well, with the a really stuff that fancy came out of hat. It. And oh, that yeah. The stuff that came out of it basically is a free copy of Fallout, which is probably going to expire today. Yeah. Um, if you buy a PC today? copy of the wait, wait, edition, why today? I thought it was all weekend. It was only forty-eight hours. Oh wow. Okay, so you're probably not going to get it if you're listening to this. I'm sorry. Okay, so but uh, let me think. Let me see. Uh, Mac version of The Witcher One director's cut with all the bells and whistles only available through Steam. Uh, which means if you bought it on Steam before the PC version, you have no access to the Mac version. Excellent. If you buy a copy of Witcher 2 Enhanced Edition on PC, you also get a free backup from GOG, DRM free. Just put in your CD key. <coughs> oh, I need to do that. Yeah, so buy it anywhere and you get a you get a free GOG DRM free copy. And what else? That's it. Basically, same game still looking. I think the big news was basically. Oh, oh, oh. And GOG has a bunch of new games that are not old classics. Like, you can get Assassin's Creed 1 Director's Cut and uh, Heroes Might Magic 5. Theorem free, $20 for both games. So, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're really pushing this goodwill thing really far. It's almost at the point where I feel guilty if I don't give them money. Yeah, they're, they're doing pretty good with this. So maybe Gog's the company we can we can trust instead of Valve or Sony. Unless they don't close their store. Oh right, <laughs> that's right. They they did that terrible joke. Oh, oh I can't believe they did that. <sighs> to be fair though, if as long as you downloaded their stuff, it'll still work no matter nope. what. It yeah, is still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's why they did that joke, just to prove that you know it wouldn't be so bad if they did close down because you could still use all your stuff. But... Except. People didn't understand that. No, they didn't. <laughs> They're like, but I want to have a download of the place. It, it kind of unveiled um, an unintended downside of uh, of digital distribution that they didn't intend to have be the uh, main focus of their press release. 
Oh, oh, and uh, Amnesia: Dark Descent. If you're not familiar with it, it's uh, that's it's that game that's supposed to make you crap your pants, like the scariest game made like the last five or six years. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, better than any, uh, better than Dead Space, and better than Silent Hill in terms of scare factor. So if you want to, if you you two should get it, play together in the same room. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. What? Wouldn't no. that be fun playing it together, you two? No, I don't think so. You don't like scary games. Anna doesn't like scary games. That's why it would be so entertaining for you. <laughs> I see. I guess I should give that a shot. I was I was going to make her watch Dead Space <laughs> first, but. No, oh, no, Dead Space. You have too much. There's too much empowerment in Dead Space. You have weapons. Oh. You can kill the things coming at you, and you see them. In Amnesia: Direct Descent, if you look at the horrors, you slowly go insane, and you can't fight them, so you have to run away and hide. Well, oh. I mean, I stopped playing Call of Cthulhu because it was too scary for me to finish. Oh, then this will make you crap your pants. Oh, even just the trailer. If you watch the the trailer on the main page, that's scary enough to give you a good a good perspective on this. All right, and that's all. All right. Uh, Last Al- bridge oh. who never talks. Yeah, Alex, what the heck? Uh, what? Uh. What you been oh, doing? Oh wait, we played. You're taking a yeah. nap. Maybe. I. I got Grace's F arrived a couple of days ago, so I've basically been using my four-day weekend to play as much of that as possible. Oh, what? What game was that? Uh, Grace's F. Oh, Tales. Tales of Grace's F. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it a good Tales game? Is it a good game game? Where does it fit in? It's, def- it's definitely a good Tales game. I think at the moment it's probably not quite as, not quite my favourite one so far, which is Symphonia. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely enjoying it. Battle System's excellent. All right. Uh, That's good. That's yep. good. From that, I've also been playing Inazuma 11 2. So, crazy football RPG. Okay. It's, it's I do that. Do you have the first one? No, I gave that to Neist. <sighs> I could probably find one if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it after the podcast. Okay. But yeah, that's fun, but it's basically what Blitzball should have been. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, that's yep. it. It. We we're done. We're done. If you like to leave feedback for the show, we got a few things for you to do. One, email us at podcast at rpgamer.com. Two, uh, voicemail six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight. I got one voicemail today, but yeah. I couldn't understand what he was saying, so it didn't come through very clearly. Otherwise, if, uh, play that. if you're leaving voicemail, please remember talk slowly. Make sure your phone volume is not all the way up. Um. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah. And, um, what? Oh, message boards. Board.rpgamer.com, which is still enabled with the Tapatalk pro- plugin if you'd like to use the Tapatalk program on your iOS or uh, device, or I think it's on Android. And you can, you know, troll our message boards right there on your phone. Make a post for Anna to clean up. Be nice. All right. <laughs> Uh, with that, I think we're gone. We're done for the week. Uh, go play your Xenoblades, please. And if you haven't bought that, may please consider buying it because we need that game to do well. So Nintendo will continue to do uh, RPG releases and stuff. 
You know, you're shilling for a game that you say you have no intention of buying because you I already bought, bought it the already. version. I bought it already, and Nintendo sent me the stupidest letter ever. I'm totally not giving them my money twice. You're right. Don't but buy want- Xenoblade and teach them <laughs> a lesson about not sending out stupid PR responses. You're right, Anna. You, you reminded me. All right. Don't buy Xenoblade if you haven't bought it already. Go borrow a friend's pirated copy and then send an email to Nintendo saying, this is because you dicked around with us for six months before announcing this game. All right? Is that better? Right. No. <laughs> um, it's a good game. Get it some way. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying that. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up for the week. Any last thoughts for anybody? Cheese. Um, I just want to let everyone know that at Pinky's Pie Boutique, on April 21st, there's a special going on. Burgers for Asperger's. So head on down there. Get your burgers. No. Really? I don't know what that means. I don't want to know what that means. Sorry, it was just only a tweet. Okay. <laughs> just read it right now. Please don't do that. That's terrible. All right. <laughs> and with that, we're going to sign off. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.